Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, what's up? And welcome to part two of this week's Serious Issues, a comic book podcast. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coons. The real and true co-host <laughs> of Serious Issues. I feel... What was I going to say? I'm, I have no words at the moment. I'm so sorry. I was going to be like, I feel <laughs> And that's why threatened. you're the real and true co-host <laughs> of Serious Issues. Every week we read all of the comic books that came out last week and we review them and let you know which ones you should be reading too. Uh, if, you, uh, if you're listening to this episode first, go back to the feed. And listen to uh, an episode that I recorded yesterday with Nick Mason from the Weekly Planet podcast while I was in Melbourne. He and I uh, had, a, had a really, really hard job of reviewing all the number ones that, uh, that came out last week. <laughs> Thanks I mean, for doing that. Yeah, you really dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> there was some good stuff. You didn't have to, dodge, you didn't have to read a, a Slayer book or a Kiss book. Yeah, but I was literally never going to do that anyway. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> are there any, uh, before we get into the bulk of the reviews, are there any uh, number ones that you, wanna, that you wanna give a shout out to for really enjoying? Oh, I mean, Loose Ends was excellent. I loved Loose Ends the first time it was um, published and was, like, devastated when it never finished. So this was, like, hugely exciting for me that um, they're reprinting it at Image and I'm excited to see how it ends. That was probably, I think that was was, probably the highlight. That was the only one that we had nothing but great things to say about. So. I didn't mind the Killer Frost issue. I thought that was pretty good. That was fine. That was fine. It was fine. Anyway. <laughs> there, was, there was great, fine, and then... Every other negative uh, reaction to a book we could have possibly had. Go back and listen to it. It's a great, great listen. And we also uh, spoke about Warren Ellis and Ian Masters' uh, recent run on James Bond that oh, ended cool. at the start of the year. Nick Meso is a big uh, James Bond fan, or, or would like to be, and the films just keep letting him down. So we both had fun talking about that, that fantastic run. Yeah, nice. A James Bond story that, that you know, the way it should be. Mm. Um, so what Siobhan and I are going to do today is uh, review all of the books that don't have number one on the front. <laughs> uh, we've, got, we've got some Marvel, we've got some DC, we've got some Image, some Dark Horse, and some others. Uh, and uh, at the end of the last episode, I gave Mesa the honor of uh, our most popular segment, uh, oh, it's gone, guys. There's no the coins already been flipped. The coins been flipped, oh and, and we're talking about Marvel first. So uh, we're going to review Marvel first, then DC, and then the rest. Uh, let's kick things off with our review of Captain America number ten, Steve Rogers, Captain America. That is. Uh, did you read the Oath this week? Oh yeah, God, <laughs> I did. I did. I read that whole thing. That was a long, talky issue. Yeah, he outbendest Bendis. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um. Yeah, so the two the two issues kind of work in tandem. This is more going back into the history yeah, again. Yeah, but of- you should definitely read Captain America 10 before you read The Oath, and I kind of wish they told us that because yeah, it's just kind of been... It, when you read The Oath, it's just like, oh, Captain America is already the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Spoiler yeah. alert, that's what happens. 
We're going to spoil some some superhero things. Deal with it, guys. Just read the books first. Um, so, yeah, um, this is kind of... It shows the aftermath of um, the trial of uh, Maria Hill. Mm-hmm. And um, we learn that, um, you know, that the Cap wants to appoint... Um, Sharon, Shannon, Sharon Carter, <laughs> Shannon Carter, um, to be the head of Shield as, as uh, Maria's replacement. But by the end of the book, it looks like it's going to be up to Cap to be the director of Shield. And Shield are now the initial line of defense against any sort of major superhero esque catastrophes. So like space stuff, big monster stuff. You got to assume that kind of that basically kind of every, every every event that Nick Spencer had any uh, hand in mm. from, from the last year. Uh, that, that, that's what that's what Shield looks after now. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Nick Spencer event uh, specific. Yeah. Um, we also find out in this issue that the reason that Captain Marvel has the shield, like the actual shield that she can, she's going to put around the world in uh, in the Oath, is because Maria Hill blasts into space and, and delivers it to her, and then pisses off. Um, and uh, we also delve into Steve's backstory, um, specifically um, what what he's going to do with Jack Flag. Mm-hmm. And um and oh that was heavy. There's, there's a lot of things balanced now. I, I think they're really, it's past the point of just like slowly setting all the uh, all the chess pieces up. It's really like, like you know it, yeah. You now can the tell series that, is amping up. That's right. That's right. So yeah, I, I'm still I'm, I'm enjoying this book more than I was a few issues ago. Totally. Um, I it's sort of it, like I have problems with Nick Spencer's work, as I'm sure most of us do. Um, <laughs> this is definitely I think the stronger of the Captain America books, at least, like, plot-wise. See, I prefer Sam Wilson. Yeah, I think this has more going on in it, you know? Right. Um, And I think it's, like, a compelling story that, you know, the Marvel Universe have decided to put all of their faith and trust in S.H.I.E.L.D. and, you know, Captain America as the head of that because he's Captain fucking America. And, like, obviously he's the best guy, but this is a weird alternate version of Cap who paints Hydra symbols on his chest (laughs) um, to talk to the Red Skull. And he almost poisons the guy who gave him the the the, the soldier serum, the super soldier serum. Yeah, yeah. So in, in in the past, uh, so it's interesting, and I think um, I like the past stuff. I think it balances, like he's got a good balance between the sort of three different storylines that's going on. I like that um, that he and Helmet um, are old buddies. Old buddies, him and old Baron Zemo. Um, I like um, Jesus. Uh, well, Jesus says is. Extremely good. Yeah, great artist on this. Great, great art, and I like the I like the um, color palette of the past scenes. I think it is a nice way to distinguish them, and I think it looks cool. More than anything, I am uh, very curious as to how they're going to get themselves out of this situation once Secret Empire is over. Yeah, totally. This feels like it's going to be another like post original Civil War kind of Marvel universe where no one trusts anyone and you can't put trust in big government. I think that's I think that's Nick Spencer's but real. Will it always thing. be like is the Cosmic Cube gonna undo this rewritten Cap's history or will that just be what it is for a while? I mean probably it'll get rewritten. Yeah. You what assume. would you prefer? I'd like it if I would like it if it stayed this way forever. Okay. <laughs> there you go. But this That's, was the, the, way it was That's the Marvel Universe that Siobhan thinks you deserve. <laughs> Absolutely. Captain America, uh, number 10. Another 10th issue from Marvel this week. Black Panther, number 10, by Tana Hissy Coates and Chris Browse on, uh, <laughs> like, on pencils. It's so funny because both of these books are, try- are sort of 
political-esque thrillers in a way. And Black Panther is just such a better example. This issue in particular, when this is like, like, I think going back and listening to me review this book would be quite interesting because mm. I wasn't on board for a while. No, like, you I, really weren't. Well, it wasn't that I wasn't on board. It was that I, I, I wasn't as on board as I thought I should be. And I yeah. felt bad about not loving this book. I love this book now. This is so good, and this guys. Is, and this is like, you know, we can play, like, this is a very dense, dense book with like, you know, you, you I, I find myself rereading Word Balloons yeah. three, four times just so I can actually take in what's being discussed. I mean, this one actually like revolves around um, an, a, a book. Um, what's this book called? Uh, um, American Slavery, American Freedom by Edward S., Ed, Edmund S. Morgan, which I'm going to assume is a real book. Yeah, definitely a real book. Um, and uh, it has um, uh, T'Challa and, um, and uh, Changamir discussing what that book means to them and what it means to the greater society within Mm -hmm. this uh, just like an actual discussion of literature in a comic it is a rare Uh, superhero comic that does not talk down to its readers and this is like it's such a such a joy to read because it doesn't assume that we're idiots and that we can't understand sort of higher concepts or political ideas or difficult leaders and things like that yeah it's incredibly clever i read a lot of criticism about this for being like you know very intelligent but wordy without action and i used to be on that in that camp but i just i, I get I, this is brilliantly well brilliantly written brilliantly I also, written i also and, uh, literally yeah. don't care like i complain <laughs> about some things being wordy with no action like a bendis book but this is wordy for a purpose sure and it's interesting and engaging and it doesn't have to just be like about fighting and there's gonna be some fighting you're gonna see some people get blown up in the next couple of issues yeah. I assume. and they're discussing the merits and and what what comes of battle and war instead mm. of just you know diving headstrong into it i totally. think that's that's cool and in a better way than Bendis does it and I, look, I i think you know marvel have, have uh have have really put a lot of faith into his coats he's now going to be writing or involved in three black panther books in his little black panther corner um, but uh, I say give him more. Absolutely. Ten Absolutely. Black Panther books. Yeah, I would read them all. <laughs> I would read, like, the the way he has developed Wakanda is, like, I'm not that familiar with Black Panther or Wakanda, but I don't think anyone's ever done it to this level. Um, and I think that's so exciting. I could read, you know, I could easily read ten books set in this Wakanda. And also, Brian Selfreeze's art is still exceptional. Uh, it's not, oh, it's not. It's he, Chris Browse. Selfreeze has the covers and... Um and uh, Chris, Chris Browse does the, does the interiors. Either way, it's been like that for like the last six, six issues, mate. Oh, man, I'm <laughs> not on top of things at all. But the interiors are great. Okay, now to talk about something slightly less intelligent. Hey. Inhumans versus X-Men, number three. Only slightly less. I don't, I don't hate this. Uh, no. Do you? <laughs> no, I mean, I find it very hard to summon up the energy to hate anything. Sure. Um. You, you didn't read the Slayer comic fine. this week. <laughs> I didn't read the Slayer comic this week. Um, look, I think this is fine. I think that... It's just something that's so hard to recommend because you need to understand what's going on with the Inhumans and X-Men so intimately to be able to... um, Like, if you already are totally on top of both what's going on in the Inhumans books and X-Men books, this is is totally acceptable. Yeah, sure. Uh, Leaning towards good. Written by Charles Sewell with Jeff Lemire and um, art on this one by uh, Javier Garon. Um, Perfectly fine art. Yeah. Um, I thought this event was going to be the X-Men just handing it to the Inhumans. And after the first issue, maybe even the second issue, it looked like that's exactly what was happening. Mm. But in this issue, we see the Inhumans kind of get the upper hand almost um, because the X-Men have only prepared for all of like the classic Inhumans, your Karnaks, your Medusas, your Black Bolts. They're all imprisoned and there's nothing, nothing that they can do. But 
uh, I don't know if you've been reading a little book called Uncanny in Humans, <laughs> but there are lots there's of new humans, guys. new humans now, so uh, they haven't taken like them into account. Metal. And uh, this sees all the new humans kind of take on like, you know, very like old man Logan goes head to toe, head to head with, um, uh, I don't know, one of them, Flint or something. <laughs> Some <laughs> I fire know, guy. I don't know any of their names. Although, um, I'll turn towards, turn towards the back. There's a, there's an amazing picture of uh, all the Inhumans standing on a pier with Devil Dinosaur and everything like that. And I think the guy's name is Grid. He has, I think, a butt that rivals even the perkiest of Nightwing pa- panels. Um, let, me, uh, yeah. let me let me be the judge of that. I can't find out where's that page. <laughs> One more page to go. There you go. Yeah, here it is. Siobhan, look at those buns. Oh, wow. Holy moly. <laughs> That's almost too much. That makes me uncomfortable. So, uh, it maybe it's, it's, a, it's a comic book fact. Uh, look out, Nightwing. Grid is coming for you for the best butt in comic books <laughs> uh, title. But I don't understand why, it, like, continuity is a, is a bitch. Why is Mosaic there? Yeah. Anyway. and all, I mean, also, and, and Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl kind of are going to be part of this series too, I guess. Um, and also, um, that's uh, Daisy, a.k.a. Quake. Who is an yeah. in, who is an inhuman now because of the Agents of Shield TV show? Yeah, right. So potentially controversial there too. I don't mm. know. Whatever. So it looks like all the Inhumans that that uh, the X Men don't know about are going to team up and take the X Men down somewhat. I liked that. I thought that was like I thought that was a cool, fun thing because the X Men were totally like yeah. we have this sorted. We're going to send like Wolverine after these like pissy little new humans, and that will be fine. And they just like. They just beat him because he he didn't know how to prepare and he wasn't expecting it. Exactly, and he and he gets cooked by a fire guy. Yeah, that's no good. Nothing um, worse than getting cooked by a fire guy. Um, it's just it's just sad that like it feels so much like the X Men are the bad guys in this, and I kind of like it kind of makes me sad. You know, they're going to emerge the victorious, just like Captain yeah. Marvel did when she was the bad guy of Civil War Two. So that's what Marvel. It's it's the tr- wrong with the Marvel it's Trump's America, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the bad guys win. Um, over from uh, Inhumans versus X Men number three two, a book that we've enjoyed. Quite a lot since uh, this podcast started, and that is Spider Woman, written by Dennis Hopeless. Um, art on this issue by uh, Veronica, Fish. Veronica Fish and um, Rochelle Rosenberg on colors. Um, little spoiler, I mean it's a big spoiler, I guess. If you haven't been reading this, maybe skip forward a little bit. But we thought the character of Porcupine was dead. We were very sad about that. But as with all deaths in com- in superhero comic books, he was obviously not dead. So this his death lasted all of two issues. Hey, I mean. That seems fine, but I, I ought to be like to be honest. Death is so meaningless in um, in comics that I actually think it is better when they don't die. So he never actually died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He escaped. Absolutely. He escaped with it because he was wearing a pregnancy bulletproof vest <laughs> that he stole from Jessica Drew when she didn't have a baby in her tummy anymore. Um, did you like this issue? I really did. I liked it. I thought it was like a, like continues to be a really solid book. I think it's nice. There was some cute romance in it. I don't hate that. I'm not that cold-hearted. Yeah, and, um, and the Veronica Fish does a great job. This is her best book. Yeah, like we pro- we review like maybe like one of her books a fortnight. Mm. She does a lot, and I she think really this is does. this is the best uh, the best art she's doing. I'm not sure if it's the team up between Rochelle Rosenberg or um, maybe she just loves you know the the, the the kind of style layout that Javier Rodriguez left for her mm. before he left the book. But um, yeah, it's it's bang on. It's, it's such good art. Um, it's really excellent. What do you think of Roger, aka Porcupine, shaving his beard off, and that's Sam's all it takes. Beard. All it takes to be accepted as a, a lover as of a Jessica Drew. Man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's like taking your glasses off as a girl. The moral of the story is beards are gross. <laughs> Get rid of them if you want the Spider Lady. 
Um, so uh, Porcupine is not dead, but he may, he's not safe either. So the next yeah. book, he still needs to be saved. Yeah, and as, as my boyfriend pointed out, it's very um, that final page is very reminiscent of the Green Goblin taking... Um, Gwen Stacy. Uh, Gwen Stacy away Definitely. in that original Spider-Man story. Except it's Hobgoblin. Except I love Hobgoblin. I love what Hobgoblin is now, how he's just like a license. He yeah. licenses out old, uh, old like, supervillain, uh, like, costumes and identities. Yeah. I think this is, like, this is another really fun book because it's not one of those Marvel books that's like, the entire fate of the world depends on whatever. It's much smaller scale. And I think that's... um. That's extremely satisfying. Yeah, so for me, I'm 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 I'm, I'm very extreme. It's, I don't, never care about books where the entire world, but I do care about books where it's the entire galaxy, <laughs> the entire cosmos. Yeah, totally. That's more way more appealing than the entire world is in trouble, uh, and uh, also smaller than that. Yes. So one or the other. Um, apparently, unfortunately, Spider Woman is not in future solicits from Marvel. No. So it looks like we've only got a few more issues of this great great series left. Oh well, at least like I'm I'm happy if they can finish it out the way that they want to. Definitely, good things can't last forever. Excellent. Um, let's go to Jason Aaron corner now. Uh, two Jason Aaron books came out through Marvel this week. The first of which was Doctor Strange, uh, issue number sixteen. The uh, return of Dormammu. Yeah, finally we've 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 seen Doctor Strange kind of go against uh, uh, like a. Uh, what do they call it? A gauntlet mm. of, uh, of of his greatest foes, and also the orb. <laughs> um, but Man, I, I had I had such a fun time explaining the orb to Queens of Kings the other night. They were like, "I don't understand. Does he have an eyelid? How does he stop stuff getting stick to his eye?" Um, yeah, it was very funny. He's just a man who just, has a big eyeball. I was like, "I don't know. Head. I don't know what else to tell you. He's just a man with a big eyeball instead uh, of a head." So. I will say one negative thing about this is that uh, I, I guess due to time constraints, Chris Pacello wasn't able to uh, do all the art himself. I think normally he, he... I think that happens in almost every issue. I think Chris Pacello is like... I, lo- I love Chris Pacello, and I think he's such a good pick for this book, but I can't remember the last time there was an like, issue that he did all of the, all of the art on. Well, uh, yeah, I, this one is the most noticeable... Um, yeah, uh, different. I mean, it, it, all throughout. It, it actually, there there are no. There's no real page in this that actually looks like it was done by Chris Pacello from start to finish. He mm. didn't ink it himself. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's like there are five inkers on this book. <laughs> um, so yeah, whatever. Like that's just a that's, a, that's what intricate. happens when when comics come out as regularly as they do. Yeah, uh, the story is very very satisfying. It kind of wraps up this never ending thread of all of uh, Doctor Strange's villains coming for him one after the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a little there's great great moments of Dormammu. There's great moments of Mister Misery. Great moments for Wong. Great moments for Baron Mordo. Great moments for the Orb. That's right. Um, and, uh, and, and is it, and I like this sort of scrappy Dr. Strange, you know, like he's not got, he's not in possession of his full faculties. And so he sort of has to make do with what he's got. And I think it's sort of a bit fun to read. It makes him a way better character because when when Bendis wrote him, it was just like the spell of this thing. Mm. And that would just save the day. Yeah, totally. Um, I like him having to use like weird magical artifacts to, to, to save the day. Good stuff. Good run. Really good fun. Um, Chris Jason Aaron also wrote Star Wars issue twenty seven this week um, with art by uh, Salvador La Roca. Um, this is part two of a of a, of a kind of like uh, look back um, to an earlier time. Uh, this is Yoda's Secret War, mm-hmm. which um, Luke Skywalker reads about in um, Ben in, Kenobi's that's diary. Right, ben Kenobi's diary. Um, I really loved the first part of this, the last issue, issue twenty six. I thought this kind of lost its way. One of the biggest criticisms I have of Star Wars comics is when it just doesn't feel like a Star Wars comic. And I feel like this kind of felt like some weird Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome 
meet Star Wars. True. That's the last Mad Max movie you want to meet Star Wars. Um, but I kind of, I, I still quite enjoyed it. I think it's like a fun Yoda story. I like it that it's a little bit sort of weird and not, doesn't quite fit in with other Star Wars stuff that we've seen. I like stuff that builds out the universe a little bit. Sure. I, I think he, he his, Jason Aaron's biggest uh, compliment for, that I can give him for these books is that he absolutely nails the dialogue of absolutely. these famous characters and Yoda in particular. He doesn't come across as annoying. Yep. All of his like Yoda-isms are work, within, work for the character. Uh-huh. I, I, I like that a lot. Um, and LaRocca is extremely good. Yes. At this. Agreed. On this book. I really um, enjoy it. So yeah, the, the, the next issue actually comes out this week. Oh wow! So what? we'll we'll find out how this this story wraps up That's very soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it kind of feels a bit more Star Warsy by the mm. end of next issue because this was weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. There's like magic rocks. They're force rocks, and, and there's, there's only like, kids that live on the planet. <laughs> there's a mountain made out of like rocks that's like compressed force, kind of. That's kind of fun, and all of the adults are dead, and there's like warring factions of kids. I liked it, guys. <laughs> I like silly things. It was a riot. <laughs> um, so that's Jason Aaron Corner done. Over to uh, the Punisherverse for one comic. I just, I, I'm not going to title all of these. <laughs> I'll give it Becky up. Becky Clunan Corner. There's um, a lot of corners in this room. This book went off the fucking rails this week. Yeah, this is a weird issue. If you didn't, if you couldn't tell by the fact that the cover is like a knitted Punisher skull covered in blood. So this is a team-up book. Between Punisher and a crazy old lady. Just a crazy little old lady who lives by herself on a farm. And uh, we, we saw her at the end of the last issue. She pointed a shotgun at Punisher's head as he knocked on her door. Then she just kind of lets him in, then goes, you've been shot. And he takes his shirt off and she takes a bullet out of his shoulder. Then she gives him a motorbike. <laughs> then they both go in the motorbike and get chased by... Um, a bunch of bad guys. And she stabs them in the neck with um, her knitting needles. That's right. And then she dies. <laughs> yeah, peacefully. yeah. Then she dead. Just like peacefully and happy. Yeah, well, just like, ah, I'm so glad I had that one last murderous rampage before I died. While they're thanging it on a motorbike. And then, and then a bear Pun- eats someone. <laughs> Punisher feeds someone to a bear. He like just guts them and leaves them there and watches. I didn't think that like Punisher was that much of a watcher. Yeah. But he's like, no, nah, I'm going to watch while this bear eats you, man. So this was a batshit insane It was issue. a really crazy I'm issue. I'm fine with it. Totally. <laughs> I was almost a little bit like, man, can we get away from crazy stereotypical old ladies who all they do is knit and then they kill people with knitting needles? Because I feel like that's the only like... And then, yeah, Becky Clinton heard you midway through the story and was like, okay, Siobhan, I'll kill her. <laughs> and I was like, sorted. Thank you. Thank you, Becky Clinton. Um, But I still enjoyed it. And I mean, you do, like, you do miss Steve Dillon on the art. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, this is the, this is the first book uh, since uh, Steve Dillon passed away that uh, he did not do art for. But um, we've got Laura Braga and Yolanda Zanfardino. Nailed it. Oh, thank you. On the um, on art. And I think they do a, they do a bang up job. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially if they were probably given a, a small amount of time to do it. And Absolutely. And they do, do an excellent job with her. Uh, I mean, they've, got, they've got no shortage of incredible things to draw. Yes, yeah, totally. So, yeah, it's sort of been a fun one to put together. And the stuff with um, the face, the big sort of scary, horrible villain is one. going, um, that's all very sort of compelling and interesting. And, and terrifying. keeps getting worse and worse, and I love it. Yeah. I mean, you know, with when writing a Punisher story, they're... Every disgusting kind of bad guy has been done yeah. in Punisher. And it's, it's interesting to be surprised as often as you, they've kind of made you with this face character. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like this run a lot. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, and the cover by Declan Shalvey and Jordi Blair is spectacular. The knitted face covered in blood. Good stuff. Yeah, it is really good. Uh, from Punisher to Hulk, 
Did you read issue two of Hulk? I sure did. Uh, written by uh, Mariko, Mariko Tamaki uh, with Nico Leon and Dalibor Talajic on Perfect. art. Um, did uh, did they do the art in the first issue of this? It seems I think so. like it's very different, but really? I maybe mean, I, I do read. I've probably read two hundred and something comics <laughs> since reading the first one. So yeah, um, yeah. To be honest, I can't remember, but I enjoyed this a lot. Well, yeah, this is an incredible take on the Hulk in in which uh, you know Jessica Walker Walt. Walt what is her name again? Walters. Walters. <laughs> Jessica Walkers. Uh, she, uh, you know, is is she Hulk? But after the events of Civil War Two, she doesn't want to Hulk out anymore. She's really, really trying to stay calm. And uh, it, to do that, she watches cooking videos on YouTube. Pictures <laughs> uh, of like videos of people icing cakes. Hey, look, they're very calming. I loved that there are certain things that you think would trigger the Hulk in her. Um, like this, like she goes to investigate something for one of her clients and visits his her landlord, and mm-hmm. uh, he's this horrible scum scumbag landlord that doesn't show her any respect. And you would think that would set her off, but she's she's like like seeing this guy act like a complete douchebag is actually really calming to me. Mm. Um, but of course, by the end of the issue, there there you know, there are certain things that make her start hulking out. She breaks a few items of uh, technology, um, but we still haven't seen her hulk out yet. But I think this is like. Um, this is another sort of low-level, non-super traditional superhero comic, which I really enjoy because it's more about the lawyering aspects of um, She-Hulk as opposed to the hulking out aspects, yeah. which I think is like more compelling. It's different. It's nice. It's a sort of um, it's like a, like it's a, it sounds so funny to kind of talk about things like you know post-traumatic stress disorder and trauma and stuff in like what is ostensibly like a silly superhero comic but it does show the power of the genre and the medium to be able to talk about those things in like an astonishingly sensitive way that hopefully some people can connect with and um, find comfort from and I think they do a really really great job of that and if you look at you know Marvel's most critically successful book last year The Vision Mm. um, by Tom King and uh, Gabrielle Walter um, which is almost like a like you know if you if you listen to this show and haven't read that yet what you doing mate what you doing guys um but uh i think marvel are going to definitely you know take inspiration from what that was it was a very contained 12 issue series uh that was always going to be 12 issues from the get-go and i think we're going to see a lot of mini series like this in fact it wouldn't surprise me this one if this ends up being a 12 issue mini yeah um it looks like moon knight the um uh jeff lemire uh, mm-hmm. run of moon knight is going to be around that many issues as well um, that's going to be ending soon but it looks like they're you know they're ending it on their own terms they're telling the story they want to tell and instead of suddenly telling a completely different story with the characters, they're moving on to something else. I'm fine with that. Totally. Absolutely. I'd rather that than it just peter out into nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, enjoying this Hulk run a lot. Absolutely. It feels very different to uh, all other Hulk stories I've read. Agreed. Uh, you know how last week, Siobhan, I was an apologist to Bendis and I was like actually enjoyed a Bendis book? I remember. What's I was that? shocked. I can't remember. What's, what's that Iron Man book that we reviewed it's last just, week? It's um, just... The Invincible Iron Man, right? Invincible Iron Man. Num- Invincible Iron Man number three or four, whatever it was, I, th- yeah. I thought was quite good with Pepper Potts in it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Guess what? I enjoyed <laughs> Invi- I enjoyed Infamous Iron Man 4 this week. I am genuinely shocked. I don't know what's going on with my brain. Uh, <laughs> if you're new to the podcast, uh, 50% of it is me complaining about Brian <laughs> Bendis. Uh, but, but look, this if this show teaches you anything is that anyone can have redemption, guys. I don't know if it's redemption or it's just my expectations are so low <laughs> that all it has to do is not either be unbelievably boring or completely against what I expect a character to be, and I'm fine with it. Mm. Um, but this uh, this is basically this this uh, issue begins. Uh, with a small out-of-continuity error. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We we have uh, Doctor Doom, who is now the infamous Iron Man. Uh, Victor infiltrates 
a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier and Maria Hill, who is director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this issue, uh, not anymore. Uh, I don't think so, guys. Read your own uh, comics by Michael Bendis. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, basically, like, just appears in a in a shield helicarrier and demands to speak to um, Maria Hill and just to tell tell her that he's not going to be a problem for Shield anymore. He's he's, he's doing good now and they can just leave him alone. And, oh well, and that's fine. Maria's then. like that's not how this works. Uh, but uh, he he learns that uh, Ben Grimm, um, who uh, is what's his name again in the superhero world, the thing, <laughs> the thing, you nailed it. That was a it was, that's not was me. That a test. That was a test. You passed. <laughs> um, he is an agent of Shield at the moment. And cause there's a lot of characters to remember every week, all right? There really are. I've already recorded an hour and a half of Mesa yesterday. <laughs> um, uh, you have to just pick up the slack with <laughs> today. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and he is in, in um, fuck, I almost said Wakanda, but it's Latveria, <laughs> um, with uh, Dr. Doom's mum. And upon learning that, Dr. Doom blasts off. You're not reading this, are you? No. Dr. Th- Doom's mum is alive? Yep. What? Surprise to him, too. Huh. You think you're surprised, Siobhan. What, what about that time he went to hell and tried to save her? Yeah, well, she, she's come back from hell and she may not be good. So he returns oh, to Latveria, which he's left in like the care of the military, and they've not done a good job, surprisingly. It's a shock. Hashtag Trump's America. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, there was a lot going on in this book, and it ends with um, like Ben Grimm and, 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 and Dr. Doom kind of having a moment where they don't just punch the shit out of each other. And that's what I want. That's all we want, guys. Um, Just everyone to have a chat before they punch each other in the face. Look, this isn't to say that this, this whole run is good. I haven't enjoyed any issue besides this <laughs> one, and who knows why I'm still reading, but I uh, I really like this issue. So apologies to Wayne from King's Comics, who I gave lots of shit to uh, when issue three came out because he said it was his favorite issue of the week. Uh, you might be onto something here with this Brian Bendis words. guy, mate. Eat your words. <laughs> and it's got to be said that Alex Maleev's art, like, you know, even though this issue is fine, this book is not worthy of Alex Maleev's yeah. art. Um, but I'm glad he's getting that paper. Absolutely. Uh, Ghost Rider, issue three. I hate this book. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's the team up everyone was waiting for between X-23, the totally awesome Hulk, and Silk. Um, and Ghost Rider. And Ghost Rider Except yes, Ghost Rider is in it the least out of all those characters. Yeah, to be honest, I picked this as we were, I was looking at this to talk about next and I was like, oh Christ, did I actually read this? Because I couldn't remember any Ghost Rider like stuff at all. Because this is primarily, I would argue, a totally awesome Hulk issue. Uh, so I didn't complain about a Bendis book this week, so I'm going to complain about this. Alright. <laughs> uh, so this is, you know, a, a character that we love. Um, yeah. The Tradmore and and uh, what's what's the main dude? Philippe Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, Philippe Smith writes this run too, but he wrote the initial run that this character Robbie Reyes um, as Ghost Rider appeared in first. We loved it; it was great. Uh, it's a brilliant run. It went missing for a while. Now it's back uh, in perfect timing that Robbie Reyes is on Agents of Shield. Almost as if they planned it that way. Except they don't utilize the character at all. He's in like a quarter of this book, and he's been yeah. in a quarter of this book as a whole. Like, there was a backup in the first issue that, that uh, Tradmore drew, and that mm. was perfect. That's Absolutely. all I want this book to be. But And I realize that, you know, you can't get Tradmore, but at least write a story that has fucking Ghost Rider in it. Yeah, totally. That that It does seem... I, I sort of have enough faith in Philippe Smith that I'm going to keep reading it for a little while. But it is like, this is not a Ghost Rider book. Well, not even right is it not, not a Ghost Rider book. You're reading Totally Awesome Hulk. Is he a good character? Because he appears to be so unbearably bad in in this and whenever else he pops up in other books that aren't Hulk books. Yeah, I mean, his whole thing is that he's kind of a bit insufferable. That sucks. 
Yeah. Like, we're going to talk about Moon Girl later, and he ruins that, too. Yes, he does. <laughs> um, and also, like... Oh, uh, look, I don't actually I don't actually hate the character, because I think that his whole thing is he's got that, like, arrogance, which is slowly being worn down as he has more and more experience of being the Hulk and sure. having that responsibility and that kind of stuff. But he's, like, he's this super young dude who was before, like... Amadeus Cho was always a great character. He was just, like, this ultra-smart, slightly-up-himself teen, and now he's ultra-smart and also can be the Hulk, yeah. which would make anyone, make any teenage boy completely insufferable. But I, I like the comic where... You, I can't remember which one it is, but there's um, one of the comics that he's in, you can kind of hear what he's what he's thinking and how he's always like, like be cool, don't mess this up. And I, that I think makes I remember him, that. That makes that him cool. more endearing. Yeah. I think it was actually in the first... Um, issue of this that he appeared in when he was like be cool to meet X-23 right. and then yeah. was being like really insufferable and annoying but he's so annoying in champions of, he's annoying in beasts. yeah I sort of find him endearing because he reminds me a little bit of like like Beast Boy right you know like he's got he has to front because he's oh. an insecure little dude and a little tease for later in the show great Beast Boy moments to talk about absolutely Teen Titans this week good week for green dudes um, but so the, the book is called Totally Awesome Hulk, Hulk but he yeah. actually calls himself the Totally Awesome Hulk <laughs> yeah. that sucks that is so dumb <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious. As if you wouldn't. You'd be like, how am I going to distinguish myself from the Hulk that just got shot in the face? <laughs> I'll call myself the totally awesome Hulk, and then no one will think I'm a bad guy. I'm dropping Ghost Rider. I'm out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a couple of issues. Um, speaking of, I might as well, just speaking oh, perfect. of, I did read the Totally Awesome Hulk this week, um, written by Greg Pak with art by Mahmoud Azra, who I love. So the, uh, the Ghost Rider book is a team-up of uh, Totally Awesome Hulk, um and uh, Ghost Rider and Wolverine and and Wolverine and, and, Silk. and Silk and Silk appears in this team up too. Yeah, so I mean the totally awesome Hulk. Um, the last couple of issues have been a little bit like like after school PSA kind of esque with that weird Jeremy Lin um <laughs> thing. But this is basically a team up between um totally awesome Hulk, Shang Chi, Ms Marvel, and Silk, and it's kind of like a like it's a team up of the Asian American superheroes and they're quite like explicit about that like afterwards they all go get dumplings they talk about how funny it is that people expect them to be like certain ways and (laughs) that kind of stuff so it's kind of sweet like that it's not the most it isn't the most compelling story because it's kind of built around like they go and do a weird performance at this like benefit to raise money because you need they need more Asian bone marrow donators and that's clearly like I think that this is like a real issue that they've sort of built into the comic. And so I kind of like that they're taking the opportunity to try and say something and try and connect with an Asian American um, younger audience. I think that that's kind of, I think it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. I think that they do. Um, for this sort of book that's like clearly not aimed at me, I find it interesting. And I think it's, um, they do a pretty good job of making what is not necessarily the most compelling story plot wise into something that's very readable, you know. I haven't read um, it, but I'm I'm for any book with that ends with all the characters eating dumplings. Yeah, and then they go get ca- then they go do karaoke. Uh, le- less into <laughs> less, karaoke. I was less into that. I was less <laughs> I was less into that. But it's sort of like in it, everyone, you know, totally awesome Hulk is easily embarrassed, <laughs> which I think is kind of a sweet character trait. And so everyone kind of calls him out on um, being a bit like braggy and sort of trying to veil his actual emotions. And then in the end, he's just kind of like, oh, you guys. And everyone's like, ah, and ruffles his hair. And it's kind of sweet. Um, 
and they describe him as the corniest one there is, which is pretty funny. Yeah, but now they're he kind sounds of sounds like he sucks. <laughs> you haven't sold me. But now they're teaming up against some sort of big um, alien threat. I'm going to keep reading it. I don't really know why. It's not the book that I enjoy the most, but um, I appreciate what they're trying to do on it. It's because you don't pay for any issues. Thanks to King's Comics. Thanks, Kings. Kingscomics.com. We're here. Number one store is amazing. To find any comic that we talk about on the show. Or for you ever in Sydney, what's the address, Siobhan? It is 310 Pitt Street. Come pay us a visit. You might even find me and Siobhan. Yeah, absolutely. Lying down on the floor, reading books and telling Wayne to clean up our mess. Getting in the way, eating donuts. (laughs) Uh, Thanos, issue number three, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Mike Diodato and uh, colours by Frank Martin. I almost dropped this last week and I'm so glad I didn't because mm. this suddenly just went from the most boring book that, that that Jeff Lemire is writing to a very, very fun one. Yeah, they're kind of I almost like, said like the most. I'm like, no, nah, he's no. writing a lot of really good books. <laughs> Jeff Lemire's having a good year so far. Um, yeah, look, this got like, this got very action-packed and pretty Pretty fun, pretty yeah. quickly. You know how you win me over, Siobhan? One word, baby. Gladiator. Yeah. He's <laughs> such a good I character. I was trying really... I can never remember his name, so I was going to be like, the guy with the mohawk. Who are you, me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so the the, the Shi'ar um, sh- show up to take out Thanos and there's just wave and w- after wave of them. But it's also... Half of this book is told uh, like... You know, talking head style, mm-hmm. um, like an episode of Parks and Recreation or The Office, with different people in the cosmic universe of, from Marvel talking about Thanos, and uh, including uh, a, a, a favorite of mine from the uh, Infinity Gauntlet days, Pip the Troll. Yeah, he should be in, in more books. Absolutely. Where's Pip the Troll rebirth? <laughs> the book no one asked for. <laughs> as long as you don't put Keith Giffen off and on yeah. it, I'd, I'd read it. But the thing is, they definitely would. They definitely uh, and uh, yeah, we like Thanos is is dying, um, and so the Shi'ar actually have a, a, are almost able to take him out. Mm. Um, but then he he is like, "You fools! I'm Thanos. No one can take me down. No one except Gladiator." And this he just shows up and just punches him in the goddamn head. And then yeah, we'll see we'll see what the Shi'ar are gonna do with him. I wish yeah. The onomatopoeia says crack, but crack is written with a K, so you know it here hit him extra hard. That's extra hard. And it's like the the bits around the panel are cracking. Um, it looks like Gladiator is going to be the next issue of Thor, the Mighty Thor as well, which is super exciting. I yeah. love the character of Gladiator. I don't know why. he's a, Actually, I do know why. He's a purple space guy with a mohawk. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need to explain it any further than that. Like, And uh, he could so easily be like Lobo, but instead he's like a very honorary... Uh, like, decent spaceman. Yeah, I wish he was more like Lobo. <laughs> really? You wish he, he called Thanos a bastitch before he punched him in the head? I love space swears. <laughs> um, the, the, you know that the space swear of Flark? Yeah. Like, that is just fuck. Like, I know. Like, they're all, they are all just a fuck. You just when, use yeah, that, you You can't, know? in an all-ages book, you, like, like someone straight up calls, like, like Flark that mother Flarker. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, that's what not, is even the that, point of that it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they don't just, like, also, why would an alien swear word work in the same way as a, as a, as a, uh, yeah, absolutely. English swear word? Yeah. Do they even Let have, us in. If you, yeah. if you swear in alien terms regularly and know, know the ins and outs of them, serious issues at kingscomics.com. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, uh, issue 15. You love this series, huh? I really do. I really do love this series. We didn't get to talk about the last issue, which sucked. Which what, was like the fight it? between um, the Thing and the and Totally Awesome Hulk. Did you read that one? I don't remember. Maybe not. That was that was no good. And so I was gl- good to see it returned to its glory. Um, also, it helped that um, 
the regular artist, um, Ray Anthony Height. Oh, no, is he even the regular artist? I didn't think so, but he does an excellent job at um, aping. Yeah, right. I don't know. Okay, yeah, the art on this is great. Yeah. Isn't it normally someone called Bustos? I thought so. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I got, I got it all wrong, guys. Oh, gosh, guys. Oh, comics is hard. I'm so glad I don't host a weekly <laughs> podcast about them. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. This is all about uh, the aftermath of discovering that she's one of the smartest people in the world mm-hmm. after she's solved some weird box that uh, Bruce Banner put together. Mm-hmm. Um, this sees her t- teaming up with Ironheart after a bunch of robots come to take out her at her school. Yep. Which I thought was fun. You have like basically a moon girl trying to save the day as her teacher and fellow students like cower in terror, but it's still like a kind of lighthearted romp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love it when the I love I love her like silly backpack that like you know a little um, propeller comes out of it that allows her to fly, which the alien breaks and then she has to fix with duct tape so that she can fly off with um, Ironheart. It's very it's very sweet. I like um, it a lot. Continuity king over here. Yeah. How come Moon Girl knows that Ironheart's name is Ironheart already when she's only just decided on the name of Ironheart? Just in, word gets in, around in the real fast. Here's my theory. Brian Bendis lives in a time bubble and is always <laughs> like three months behind the rest of the Marvel Universe. That's why Civil War 2 is so delayed. But that is weird, right? All of his books are always like a, a step behind the rest of the books. Yeah. Explain it. No. Siobhan. I can't. I wish I could. It's on you. Um, I just think, like, this is such a fun basic concept that, like, her inhuman power is that she can swap bodies with Devil Dinosaur, and so she's, like, this ultra-smart person stuck in this, like, big, dumb body that can't do anything, and Devil Dinosaur is, like, this absolute dummy who then gets stuck in her body, so she's just running around roaring. So it's the, very funny. The first few issues of this book didn't feature that much of the outer Marvel universe, but mm. every issue of this storyline has. Um, we've We've seen... Tell you awesome Hulk, The Thing, um, uh, Ms. Ironheart, Ms. Marvel, and uh, now it looks like we're going we're going to Doctor Strange's house. Um, so this is a good one for if you've got any younger readers that you want to introduce to um, to to the Marvel universe. It's a really it starts out as a very very approachable book if you have limited mm-hmm. knowledge of it um, and explains everything really well and then just kind of throws you in the deep end and you have all these crazy characters in the world. And it's also like I love. I love Lunetta. Like, as a character, I think that she is so fun and complicated and interesting. And there's so much room for, like, growth and development um, because she's so like, arrogant and angry all the time. And I love it. Um, and I love that she's, you know, d- determined to do things by herself. And even though she's only sort of an eight-year-old girl or something like that, um, she just like wants to be taken seriously because she's the smartest person in the Marvel universe. And she gets really frustrated with Riri because Riri at the same time is like, you're a kid. I can't let you do this by, a, by yourself. And then she's like, wait, that's what everyone says to me. Okay. You're really smart. I'll let you do this. Yep. Um, while Lunetta is trying to track down Dr. Doom, who she is convinced she saw. And we know as the reader that it was Dr. Doom because he's like stalking her. Yes, but um, but it wasn't the real. It might not oh, be the real Doctor like, Doom because it's like classic Doctor Doom who still hides his face. So yeah, right. I think it's going to be a Doombot, y'all. Or what's his son's name? Oh yeah. What's what's wasn't he also Doctor like, Doom Junior? Victor wasn't that also his name or something? Victor Ridiculous? Junior Doom. What's his name? Um, what did you say, Jim? Pre Med Doom. Pre Med Doom. 
Yeah, he doesn't have a PhD. Christ. Um, So finally from Marvel this week, I caught up with Daredevil. Oh, you're bonkers. I know. (laughs) Should we leave my review at that? (laughs) Um, I thought I would read it just because the um, the art, which I have not loved from from Charles Soule's run, the art really reminded me a little bit of Somni. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty. The the art on these these issues was by uh, Goran Suzuka. Ooh. And um, this... uh, Basically, it's dealt with the aftermath of like his his protege um, has, has uh, he had his eyes gouged out. Oh gosh! And um, so, like Daredevil feels really bad about that. <laughs> so, in order to like bring out the person, whoever like took his protege's eyes out, he puts a hit on himself. Um, and then, so we see him take out all these like Z list bad guys with ease. Um, so he ups the the fee um, on himself more and more. So higher 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 ups come and get him. Right. Um, and this whole thing ends up being a setup for Bullseye returning to his life. Because oh. the Bullseye number one starts at, uh, written by Ed Brisson, starts at Marvel this week. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and so I thought, oh, wow, they're going to have a quick little run in and then we're going to go see Bullseye, you know, in his own adventures. Um, but uh, Bullseye gets taken down by Daredevil really easily oh. <laughs> in, in, in this issue. So I, I don't know where they were going with that. Um, so the Bullseye series is just going to be him feeling bad about himself. Yeah, and and so we know that in this in this these these Daredevil books, like every, no one knows that Matt Murdock, Murdock is Daredevil anymore. Mm. Um, and and heaps of people that he used to that used to be close with aren't close to him anymore. And uh, this ends with him sitting down in a confessional booth in a church and saying, "So no one knows this anymore, and I'm going to tell you why." So the oh. next issue is called Confessions. And I know that sounds stupid. I don't care. I'm going to read it because fuck the world. I'm an idiot. <laughs> that, sound, that sounds more compelling than like, I just hate, I sort of, the reason I enjoyed the Chris Samney run so much is because it was like a daredevil who smiled again. We're not even calling it Mark, Mark Wade. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very much it start, work. Chris Samney wasn't even attached to it for like the first 20 issues. I don't care. <laughs> um, but you know, like this was a daredevil that properly smiled and it wasn't just like, I'm sad and Catholic, and yeah. ninjas hate me. <laughs> um, which is how... Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, should, can, this, can this episode be called, I'm sad and Catholic and ninjas hate me? Yes. Okay, yes, great. <laughs> also the name of my autobiography. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's I find that really unappealing to read consistently. And that kind of seems like this is what this is again. Like, I liked a daredevil who had, you know, who was supporting Foggy and who had a girlfriend who wasn't like... You know, just getting killed all the time or taken by ninjas. You know, like this just seems like a million steps back. Yeah, but what, to I'm be more of, in line with the TV show or something, I don't uh, know. Definitely for sure, because that's everything that Marvel does these days. But I am interested to check out um, how they explain yeah it. how they explain it because it ha- I feel like every couple of years it's like everyone knows I'm Daredevil now no one knows Shh. <laughs> it's a secret. Yeah, I love it when uh, when Marvel fill in the gaps like that horrible yeah. story they did about how uh, Superman annulled his marriage and sold it to the devil. Sorry, Spider Man. Yes, but I'm, yes, I'm, I'm on fire this week, everybody. <laughs> Uh, the middle of this book, though, is fantastic. A great spread. Oh, of, that uh, is a great splash. Page. Everyone in Daredevil's life, like, kind of like crowding to, around him and pulling him apart. Trying to grab a, get a copper feel. And uh, you've got the owl really close to him, like, scratching down down the D. And oh, scratching, yeah. Scratching Daredevil's D, oh. everybody. <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> Subtext. Yeah. Um, okay, that <gasps> is all uh, Marvel books done. There were a lot of Marvel gracious. books this week. There was a lot of Marvel books. I think there's, like, an equal number of DC books, though. Uh, Almost. Kind of. There's a lot of DC. Uh, so let's kick off with the end of uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad number six of six, an event that I thought was going to be the worst, but ended up being not quite the worst. Not the worst. Not the worst, guys. 
And even when in the final pages they like just kind of admit that this is just set up for all the next big things to happen in the DC books, <laughs> As I all was like, are. "Oh, this is fine. I don't care." Yeah, I was totally fine with that. I like, I really like Killer Frost. I'm really shocked by that. Yeah, me too. I really like what they've done with the character. I sort of hate. I hate it when you get to the end of something and they go, "Ah, but you see, all of this was really just a plot by this person, and they made all of this happen." I find that like a bit annoying. Do you think it was though? I, I, I might be just Max Lord trying to like you know get in. Uh, Waller's head. Maybe. I don't know. But um, that slightly annoyed me. But I think, I like, I, uh, yeah, I quite enjoyed this. I think that they did a, I think they did a good job. Um, so we know from the back of this, we obviously we know that all of the um, uh, character, a bunch of characters that we met in this, in this story, obviously Kill- Killer Frost and uh, Lobo <laughs> are, are going to be, pr- what's I'm that? So, sorry, I'm just, like, Lobo is one of the dumbest characters in, like, all of the DC universe, and that's really saying something. And I'm so excited to read him in like a monthly Justice League comic. I think that's so silly. I think someone like Steve Orlando is going to write write him really well. Yeah, though. absolutely. Like he'll, he'll have a lot of fun with that. So we know that all those characters are joining uh, the new JLA book that Steve Orlando is writing mm-hmm. that we've been reviewing uh, the number one kind of uh, setups to each week. Is there, I don't think there is one coming out this week. Damn. There you go. No. Um, uh, but we also know from the back of this, we know that uh, Satin Girl... Is uh, is returning yeah. to DC, which which means Legion of Superheroes. I love like I'm, I, I said this last week I think as well, but I really love the little hints that we've been getting of like Satin Girls return all throughout different DC books, and I'm I'm pretty keen for that. Uh, I love are you, the Legion. Are you keen enough to read Supergirl though? Because that's where she's going to return to. Yeah, I still read Supergirl. Really? Yeah. All it's right. like it's it's a bit average, but I'll yeah I'll read it. Whatever. Satin um, Girl showing up. Mo- most exciting to me was. Uh, Johnno, Johnny Sorrow, who I, a character I don't even know anything about, whatever, but they've taken his mask. Um, it remained behind, um, and uh, the mask is whispering to like people in like a museum or something, that yeah. whispering about a lost society, which I think means the JSA. Ooh, they, he that, is that, a, like a traditionally a JSA villain, I believe. Right, and uh, yeah, the Justice Society of America were mentioned in the uh, Rebirth issue when it came out. Oh all God. those months ago. So it looks like JSA is coming back. I love the JSA. Um, I don't know. Then something about Dr. Polaris. Who cares? He's back. I don't know. And uh, and then Rustum looks like he's going to cause trouble uh, for the Suicide Squad. Uh, maybe even in, a, in another book that came out this week that we're about to review right now. Mm, but let's got, see. Any final thoughts on, uh, on, think, on this event? I mean, I think like the final pages sets up that... Because um, Max Lord is like, what, you're going to put me in the Suicide Squad? I hate you, Amanda. And then she's like, no, your talents would be wasted in Task Force X, but you're perfect for Task Force XI. Yeah, 11. That's dumb. And, and also, like, we- there was already Weapon 11. Like, yeah. Weapon, like, Marvel already did this, but yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't care. But we- how many stupid secret, like, now the Suicide Squad are too mainstream, we need to have, like, an ultra Suicide Squad to do even well, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, the Suicide Squad, the missions that they do on now aren't really like the political kind of missions that they used to do. So maybe that's what Task Force 11 will be. I'd be into that if that was. If, uh, if you and me both if, like if Max that's Lord. what it was, yeah. I would be into it. I love that um, because Max Lord always gets nosebleeds, her way of like keeping him at bay is thinning his blood. So yeah. if he gets a nosebleed by using doing his sight, um, using his talents... Um, He'll just die. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I like that he's like trapped in this laser orb. Yeah, that's good. Real fun. Uh, I think as a whole, this event was like it was silly, but it was good. And 
best of all, it came out. It was a weekly event. It just it was six weeks, and there were tie-ins to Justice League and Suicide Squad. That was it. Yeah, we're going to see like a small, fun ramifications in the bigger DC universe, but it didn't slow down any other books. It was quick and it was done. It was it was it avoidable came out on time. Uh, enough happened in it to warrant buying each issue. I thought as well. Yep. Um, and uh, you know, it was it was. Mostly entertaining. Yeah, like, I, that seems like really faint praise, but it's like I, it's still praise. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was still pretty good. DC don't really do events, mm. but when they do things like these, I much prefer them to like the enormous events that Marvel do. But that said, this is kind of what Monsters Unleashed is doing right now. Yeah. So Marvel kind of do it do it all. <laughs> mm. Uh, anyway, uh, in closing, Civil War 2 sucked. Next <laughs> review. <laughs> um, so, tying into Justice League versus Suicide Squad this week, um, I know we just said how good uh, issue 6 of that book was, but uh, Suicide Squad issue 10, no good, guys. Oh, my good God. I don't read Suicide Squad, but I grabbed this because of the tie-in, and this made me, like, this made me angry. So, <laughs> the last tie-in they did in Suicide Squad was, was co-written between Rob Williams and Siberia as well. I like well. Siberia. And, and and we liked it. That was the the, the cool one about like an old mission of, I don't know, remember. Yeah, it was cool. Whatever it was, it was, it was fine. Um, but this is uh, all about what happens immediately after the Justice League versus Suicide Squad event. And Rustam goes after everything that's dear to Amanda Waller. And Which should be nothing. There should be nothing that is dear to Amanda Waller. She is the wall. It should be like a cat. Yeah, like that Rust- would be the maximum that I would find acceptable. Like a house plant, yes. Okay, that would then, be fine. And then we'll go one step more than that. Okay, if we have to go down this route, a daughter, one, one, one daughter, one daughter. But instead, we immediately meet three children who are Amanda Waller's like children that she ditched. Yeah, and uh, and she and had a husband and two more children that also died. So she, so Amanda Waller has has five kids. Two of them are dead, and her husband is dead. Fuck that! Amanda Waller does not have a family. You, Amanda Waller does not. You do not need to humanize her. She just is what she is. She's the wall. She's the wall, guys. Guys, <laughs> you didn't need to do this. It sucks, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, and if they continue no showing up, that's going to suck. Sucks so bad, and they will. Like they will. Now that you've put them in there, people you, will use them. At some point in the next year, Deadshot is going to aim his gun at the at the daughter of Amanda Waller, and Batman is going to show up and be like, "No, Deadshot, how would you like it if I shot your daughter?" Yeah. And then he's oh. like, "Oh, thanks, Batman. Now I see the error of my ways. <laughs> I will please put a bomb back in my head so I can continue to serve this dumb thing." Yeah, uh, we don't need to, we don't need to complain about it that much more. But I really like I don't think I don't think on any level that that was necessary or improves the character or does like anything anything for it. What if even it's just like her mother? That's that. Yeah, like you can't absolutely. you can't escape having parents. But so, the like, character of Amanda Waller wouldn't have room in her life. Like her entire life is her work. She wouldn't have the space in her life. She wouldn't have the time to have six. Children. But the narrative they're weaving in here is that after the death of her husband and two kids, that's, that's what drew she... her to, the, to, 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 to her work, I guess. Meh. Never heard Lame. that before. Boring. Wonder Woman, issue 15, The Truth, part one by Greg Rucker and Liam Sharp. Doing, you know, like, it's like, oh, I hear you, I hear you guys keep uh, complimenting Nicholas Scott. Let me show you what I can do. There is some amazing panels and layouts and facial work. By Liam, Liam Sharp, Sharp in this, great. he's so good. But he's uh, been excellent this whole run. Like, I know, we I know, all we like, all rant about Nicola, but like Liam Sharp, like you don't feel her loss on the Liam Sharp issues. You I go like, how, this is also amazing. I just love the 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 the, the, 
the post-it notes that went out that were like, okay, these characters are Greek. Make them look Greek. Yeah. And they look Greek. It's awesome. Yeah, like, totally. They don't just look like, you know, like, like one woman's just some white girl. Yeah. yeah. And Nicola even said, like, when I spoke to her at Queens of Kings, she was saying, because I was saying, like, how much I appreciated the fact that, you know, even back in, like, the when Wonder Woman showed up in, like, Birds of Prey or Secret Six back then, she was, like, really obviously, like, she was a bigger woman and she was, like... Very obviously Mediterranean. She said that, like, because she was drawing a much younger version of Wonder Woman, she actually sort of softened all that and made her a little bit more sort of neutral and worldly. Um, And I like that Liam Sharp has kind of brought that strength to, like, Hippolyta and Mm. the other characters and, like, the way he draws Wonder Woman as well. Cool thing I learned this week. Yeah. It's Hippolyta, not Hippolyta. (laughs) (laughs) I have a comic book podcast, everybody. Um, so yeah, this uh, this story um, continues the the present day adventures of Wonder Woman, except she doesn't know that she's Wonder Woman anymore because she's forgotten everything that makes Wonder Woman Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's in a mental asylum, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, all the while, her her you know her friends, um, uh, Etta Candy and Steve Trevor and um, Barbara Minerva, uh, are kind of like on the run from a uh, from uh, what's her name. You know, uh, an old Greg Rucker Star Wars. Um, they're actually God World or something. God something. God. It's called. Her name is Kale Anderson. God Watch is the ah. name. God Watch. Um, and her name is Doctor Cyber. Yeah, it's a good name. So they are. They 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 basically want to discover Themyscira as well. Um, and I yeah. think the secrets can be found within Wonder Woman's head, but they don't know that she's in a mental asylum. So uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a very different Wonder Woman comic. Totally. Um, there's there's no big courageous action scenes just a lot of thinking and sadness but it's riveting and great and well drawn and it ends on a really excellent note Mm -hmm. that i'm going to spoil for you right now because it's not really a spoiler but um amanda waller sorry not amanda waller etta candy um shows up to uh like basically they they, they go to find an old friend of wonder woman to try to try and save save her and the old friend is the minotaur yeah (laughs) that's so cool and he's like a a homeless guy but is it is it because in greg uh Yes, Greg Rucker. Jesus. Greg Rucker's original Wonder Woman run, it was... Was this in Gail Simone's run? Remember when she was the UN ambassador and the Minotaur lived in her house and was her chef called Ferdinand? No, I did not know that. I'm, yeah. I'm now going to read that run ASAP. <laughs> That, was the, that last, was fun. That was the last thing I needed to learn to read that. I have that run. I just haven't read it all yet. So, um, so I don't know if this is... Is this going to be Ferdinand or is this going to be a different Minotaur? Either way, I'm excited. Yeah. This is great. It's such a good series. It really is a good series. And also important to note that uh, Wonder Woman has the same glasses as me. And, that uh, made me feel special. Oh, that's cool. Like, as in like brand or just No, nah, just they look the same. All oh, right. Just round glasses. Here's the thing. Siobhan. Round glasses for nerds. All glasses look the same. Nah, come on. <laughs> Give me that. Don't be sight racist, Levins. Um, while we're talking about Nicholas Scott. Uh, oh, Yeah. Excellent segue. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so, guys, in case you didn't know, it's the 25th anniversary of Image this week. 25 years ago, just a bunch of crazy guys said no more to the big two and went rogue and set up their own imprint. Just we're, big names like... We're going to draw superheroes that have way more pecs <laughs> than your superheroes could ever imagine. And sometimes no feet because we can't draw them. Guess how many pockets are on this jacket? A hundred. <laughs> And Image is now a very different beast to what it once was. <laughs> um, but to celebrate 25 years of that, um, comic book stores around the globe are doing special um, Image Day signings this um, Wednesday, the 1st of February. Featuring check- image creators from all over the world. Yeah, check your local comic book store because um, chances are 
something will be going on. But if you are located in Sydney or close enough to come down, um, Wednesday, 1st of February from 5 to 7 p.m., we're going to have the one and only Nicola Scott here to um, sign. So she'll be obviously signing Black Magic, um, and she's going to bring some of her pages from that for you to look at with your grubby little hands. And um, she'll be signing Wonder Woman issues and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, she's such a generous person to talk to, and I really highly recommend coming down. It's going to be good fun. Really, really good fun. Nicholas yeah. Scott's the best. She is the best. Um, cool. So go to that on Wednesday. And now we'll continue with the reviews. Uh, Rogues Reloaded, issue 15 of The Flash, written by uh, Joshua Williamson, with artwork by Carmine, Carmine Dijon Duan Domenico. Nailed it. Little oh boy. Um, this is part two of the Rogues Reloaded story, and I loved every page of it. How it was, fun was this? It was just... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Like, like again, the world isn't at stake. The rogues don't kill people. They just steal shit. Yeah, they just... That's, all criminals should just steal shit. Stop killing people, criminals. Yeah, come on, Get guys. over it. Steal a bunch of cool shit. Not lives. Yeah, that's right. Or bandwidth. <laughs> that's uncool, rogues. That was that is really uncool. Someone's doing that to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Name names. Which 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 apartment number? I don't know. We never figured it out. Bastards. Um, it's Siobhan's rogues gallery. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you more insight into them in the future episodes. Um, so uh, yeah, this the, the rogues basically distracted um, the Flash and sent him. Uh, on a uh, a wild goose chase, mm. um, and uh, he battles a, 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 what he thinks are the rogues, but they're all mirror versions of the rogues that Mirror Master created, and uh, that's really cool. Yeah, they used um, Mirror Master's powers in like incredibly creative ways in this. Like he like Flash smashes all the mirrors to be like, there now you can't do it anymore, and he makes like a big mirror monster out of all the smashed glass. That was pretty. That was pretty great. That was great, and also like you know we we haven't even seen him go head to head with. Uh, all the rogues, because uh, why do all the rogues just try and take on Flash all in a, in a bunch mm. when they could all be splitting up and doing different crimes at the same time all around the world? I love it. I love it because the rogues are kind of like one of the dumber um, like groups of supervillains, and it's kind of like, oh, they're like 
they're progressing. Like, they're learning stuff as they go. That's clever. I liked it. Well, they're not really super villains, just villains. Yeah, they're just like. They got cool powers. Just low key baddies. But I think they they have attempted to make these guys like actual threats in the past, and I hate it when they do that. Just make just leave some criminals as just like kooky bad guys who steal shit. Yeah, like don't <laughs> don't make the Riddler kill people. That sucks. Yeah, totally. Oh, um, remember when Mirror Master was like, I do a lot of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Off mirrors. Yeah, do you remember that? No, no, that sounds I great. I feel like that was a Grant Morrison thing. <laughs> awesome. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, Flash, really, really great. Um, out of the, the weird little rut it was in for a while. It helps that Carmine is back on the book. Absolutely. Um, I lo- I'm loving this arc. Yeah, really good. Over to Detective right now, written by James T. in the fourth, with incredible, awesome, I think, painted art by... Yeah. Um, uh, um, ben Oliver. Ben Oliver. And this is co-written with uh, Marguerite Bennett as well, who is going to be writing the uh, Batwoman mm-hmm. series when it starts very soon. And this was a good omen for that series, I think. Absolutely. Because, uh, like, we, we, I, I see the merit in Marguerite Bennett as a writer, but nothing of hers has really completely won me over before. Absolutely. And um, I think, you know, a, a really strong and serious character like Batwoman will be great. I, hope, I just hope they don't give her the female superhero sass that every single young writer gives female superheroes now yeah because um kk is a decidedly unsassy character she is like serious military trained a bit of a romantic but yeah you know but she's, so, so she's a bit cold so is captain marvel siobhan and look what happened to her yeah that's true um anyway so this is uh almost it's like half half batman batwoman begins um mm-hmm. where we see like her become batwoman and she's stalking batman to try and figure out what makes him tick um and uh then works out that it's actually his, Batman is her cousin Bruce Wayne. Um, meanwhile, in the present day, um, someone from the uh, the Hive, her dad's uh, army group that uh, he he kind of built around the idea of Batman, mm-hmm. but also military. So the militarized Batman group. Um, a member of him is trying to break his father out of their their holding cell. And they sort of um, they do like an interesting thing where they kind of verbalize what the difference is between Batman and Batwoman where she says you want to end crime I want to end war so she's trying to look at things on a bigger scale and it ends with her kind of almost reuniting with her father not letting him out of prison but agreeing that maybe they need to work together to take things on on a bigger scale so does that mean that the Batwoman book is going to be imprisoned father like on the radio or something to to her, his daughter as she goes out and fights crime. That's it's a pretty cool sick. dynamic. I'm into that. It, yeah. Like if that's what it's going to be, I'm, I'm down. Portraying her. Who's like, doing the art on that series? Oh, it's like Steve Epting. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. God, that's going to be sick. It's, re- it's really, really exciting. I hope Ben Oliver stays on Detective for a while though, because this is extra beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Um, it probably won't though, because I think it's a, it's a two-parter and it's done. Um, what happens next in in this series? Something cool, I'm sure. Um, in Two weeks, Detective Comics. Oh, it's the prologue to League of Shadows. We got an extra, Ooh. extra big. Nine hundred and fifty. Nine hundred and fifty um, is the number of Detective Comics next week. Next in two weeks, it's a big uh, ex- extra action pack oh, special. Right, right, right. That they're only selling for one dollar more than usual cover price. That's pretty. That's pretty impressive. I do yeah. see. that's pretty good. It's so weird when they do that. Like. We've renumbered, but remember the original numbering, guys? This is how long it's been around. What do you are they reckon Marvel will ever do that? Like, hey, we, we, we spent a month adding up all of the miniseries <laughs> for each of our titles, and here's the original numbering with them added. I don't think so. Yeah, hopefully not. So from Batwoman to Batgirl, uh, we have Son of Penguin, Part 1, Issue 7 of Batgirl, written by Hope Larson, uh, with art on this one by Chris Wildgoose. Good which, name! Yeah, win, win's That's best a great last name. name of the week. Um, <clears throat> 
I hated this. Oh, I was about to say I love this because I hate the tech industry. <laughs> yeah, but I know but I hate the tech industry, so just don't put it in a comic. <laughs> but this is about her fighting the tech industry. That's she's, great. I hate that her new superpower I... is she's an insufferable dickhead. Like, also, she complains about... Um, yeah, she complains about Burnside. gentrification that she kind of brought to Burnside, which is kind of well. Funny. I just assumed Burnside was always gentrified from the second we, we like, oh, she yeah, was there. Yeah, I don't totally. know. Is this like post gentrification or something like that? I don't know, but she's like, I went away for three weeks and I came back, and my favorite coffee shop is is now a is now a elite dog store. Coffee or shops are gentrification. No, dog stores are more gentrified. <laughs> She's teaching kids to code. I like that this is brought into it that she wants to... Like, it's kind of a funny direction for this character because she, like, owns a big energy thing company or whatever. Um, a big energy thing. A big company. And now she's like, actually, I want to be a librarian. Yeah. And so she's gone back to gone back to um, uni to study to be a librarian. But that's, like, that's classic. Um, you know? And she lectures uh, some young people who are like, ugh, homeless people are disgusting. <laughs> and then they're like, how do you? How come you have that worldview? And she's like, oh, because I went to Singapore and Japan. <laughs> like, it's so bad. This is not a good book anymore. <laughs> but now she's dating the penguin's son. What? Come on. It's kind of silly. It's kind of funny. And at least it's on the right side of things. At least it isn't like... Yeah, you're right. Homeless people are disgusting. <laughs> but what book would do that? I would read the fuck out of that book. The balls on that book. <laughs> Finally, a comic book brave enough to tell us the truth about homeless people. <laughs> That's a joke. It's a joke, guys. I do not think homeless um, people are disgusting. <laughs> I've, I've been to Singapore. I've been to Japan. <laughs> I know that homeless people aren't disgusting. I just like... I, 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 uh, I fell out of love with this book because that the Asia arc pulled, uh, dragged on a bit and nothing mm. really happened. That last issue in between this, where she fought poison ivy on a plane, was, that was really awesome. Good fun. And then this just took a step. I back. think I think that this like this concept has legs of like um, the, <laughs> the penguin son is like a tech bro who's made an app that people are misusing to <laughs> steal homeless people for evil experiments. I think that has legs. Right. And I'm willing to. I'm, I'm, willing I'm still gonna give going to give it a chance. And I, I liked hope Larson's a great writer. I liked yeah. her calling Nightwing for dating advice on um, the Penguin Sun. That was pretty funny. And the art's great. Wild Goose does a great job. Good on your Wild Goose. Good on you. you knocked it out of the park with your last name and the art. Absolutely. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number thirteen was loving this run. Hated this issue. Oh, you're such a. I don't care about the fish chicken. Come on, Green Lantern. The Toma Ray Bros. <laughs> I love that everything is... Uh, man, we've seen so much Starro in the DC Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. I feel. Well, I guess because he like, he's like the first Justice League villain. Yeah. So. Everyone, everyone has to pay homage to that, I guess. Um, yeah, like this was kind of just a filler issue about how great the Green Lantern Corps are and yeah, how they provide hope, etc. I don't know. Just tell a, do a filler issue that doesn't just recap everything we've just read. Yeah, that's true. It did just literally recap the last two like story arcs. And then... Um, warned us of st- of terrible things to come. Uh, I did like though that you know how like there are way too many um, Earth Green Lanterns. Like mm. there's five now. Like why is there five for one planet? Totally. There's like seven chicken fish <laughs> Green Lanterns. So what are they? What are they called? Uh, well, uh, this planet is called Zudar. There you go, Zudarians. Zudarians. That works. I think chicken fish has a better <laughs> ring to it. How dare you desecrate the memory of Tomare? So it's like it's it's like two old chicken fish 
Green Lanterns telling stories to their dumb grandchildren about <laughs> how great the Green Lanterns were. And then it turns out they are Green Lanterns. So they're really just saying how fucking great they are. <laughs> she was telling a story about her, like the first time she saw the Green Lanterns. Yeah, he's like, before, yeah she's like, the Green Lanterns, they're Green the Lantern. best. The Green Lanterns are the best. I'm a Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> There's some good splash pages, though. I'll give it that. Yeah. Look, it was an in-between issue. It's a, it's a ignore this issue and look forward to the next run. Absolutely. Next, next book. Building up. The next story arc is called Hope. Next. Oh, right. Cool. Hope. That's great. It's going to be a crossover with the X-Men. Oh, man. What's, where is Hope now? Does she just not exist anymore? Um, possibly or is she dead. like in she some the, kind of... She got the M-Pox real bad. <laughs> that's a, that's, what a, you, that's uh, an uh, unfitting uh, end. Because didn't she become a, some kind of phoenix at the oh, end of Avengers vs. X-Men? I don't know. So maybe she's just in space flying around. I don't remember. Burning stars with their fire wings. Uh, Teen Titans, issue four, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Koi Pham. Um, we see Damien Wayne go to Rachel Ghoul's house and be like, here I am, man. Don't kill the other Teen Titans. They're cool guys. <laughs> and then Rachel Ghoul's like, fuck no, you've got to battle to the death with some other guy. And uh, I really like this issue. I thought it was great. a really good recap. Um, it's all about like... Damien left the League of Shadows, um, which was like his little, the little guys, the little guys team that um, do what Rachel Ghoul says, and his cousin took over from him. And now his cousin, who's this chick, is like, I'm better than you, Damien. Everyone knows it, even though she's clearly not. And so then they go up against each other, but because she's a bit like underhanded, and Damien has her pinned, but then she like stabs him. Cause she, she stabs him in the back with the, with the, the bloody knife that he cut her eye with when he was a kid. Yeah. That's why she has a scar. Um, and now she's going to drink a goblet of his blood. Heavy. Except Heavy, right, guys? Teen Titans show up, and not only are they here to save the day, they admit that they're Damian Wayne's friends. Yay! Because Teen Titans is all about friendship. There was like, man, in the period where Jeff Johns kind of was writing everything and doing everything kind of great, um, there was like this bit, I think, in JSA where he was like, the Teen Titans are like friends. That's where you sort of, that's where our superheroes learn to like make friends and you know, learn about themselves and all that kind of stuff. And the Justice League is where I can't remember. They what become the heroes. Yeah, whatever. But um, the JSA are family. Like right. that's what the family is. And I always thought that was like a really nice way to think about those three teams. Um, and I like that this like this ends with the Teen Titans kind of deciding that they are the Titans and that they are forming and they are buddies. I thought that was great. And I think it's a nice lineup. Yeah, me too. This is funny. It's a funny issue. Great, yeah. great Beast Boy moments. Great Beast Boy moments. Great Kid Flash moments too. Yeah, this for is sure. like this is a great yeah. Makes me go like this. Benjamin Percy guy is pretty good. What if we checked back in on Green Arrow? Yeah, because uh, that, that, that's like the one rebirth title that everyone seems to love that we didn't. Hmm, like, I don't think I, I don't think there's any book. I did that almost pick up an issue. Everyone else loves so much because he um, looks like he's gotten his little mustache and beard combo back. Well, as we learned in Spider Woman this <laughs> that's, week, that's all it takes for me. Really? So you're you're pro beard? I'm pro. You, I'm Pocky... pro Green Arrows, twiddly like oh, right, hood sure. beard. Right, cool. It's that's from, what I want. Yeah, not from a romantic point of view. Just from that, this is the, this is the the way the universe should be. Oh, look, I'm view. very I'm very open. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, over to DC's Young Animal. Actually, no, one last regular DC book. Okay. Did you not read um, uh, Deathstroke this week? No, I have didn't. Have you finally dropped it? Because apparently just, uh, people have been saying it's the best comic of the week. Oh, really? For Pete's sakes. I just, there was so much to read this week and I just had to make, For Pete I Parker's had to make sakes. some hard decisions, guys. But if it's really worthwhile, tell me and I'll, I'll read it. Um, has there ever been a car- car- comic book character called Pete's sakes? There must have been. 
Let us know. Serious Issues <laughs> at, at kingscomics.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or join us in a group and talk about comics all day. Facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues Podcast. Uh, final DC regular book uh, is uh, Action Comics number 972, which finally ends this stupid aliens that come to take out Luther because they reckon he becomes Darkseid. Um, I don't care about this stuff. Just tell me who this weird Clark Kent is. It's all we care about, guys. It's all I care about. Tell me about the and, and then the last, the next issue is called The Last Days of Clark Kent. Oh, the cute. Final Days of Clark Kent. So I guess we're going to find out all the answers next week or two weeks from now. Um, but I'm just happy that they're not in this dumb alien planet. And um, the, the good thing to come out of this book is that Lex Luthor and uh, Superman are friends now. Because what? This is a different Lex Luthor to the one from the old Superman's world. Yeah, but all Luthers are bad. Well, come on. I don't think he's ever going to cr- double-cross him, ever. <laughs> uh, so that's all the main DC books. We've got two other DC books to talk about. Doom, nice. pa- Doom Patrol, number four, by Jared Way, Nick Darrington, with colours by Tamara Bonvian. Um, I loved this issue a lot, even though I wasn't sure what was going on for most of it, because not only is it so hard to follow at the Best of Times book, but also there was like a three-month gap between yes, issues. absolutely. I uh, agree with everything you just said. I uh, really enjoyed this, but also large parts of this, I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and I think kind of just accepting that maybe you won't know what's going on sometimes is part of enjoying this book a lot. Absolutely. Um, you could kind of treat this as a one-shot almost. Yeah. Um, just because everything is, there's there's a randomness to everyone and, you know, they, they, they kind of peer in on characters that they, I've never seen before and I probably won't ever again. Um, but uh, I loved... Um, uh, I love the bits in like the, uh, is it like the negative zone with Larry Trainer and him sort of like deciding that he wants to he wants to be rejoined with the negative spirit he yeah. could he could have a normal life but he wants to do it so that he can you know make make a difference I love every time we check in on Niles Calder yeah um, and uh, he's you know at some points he's just been like on a hot air, on a hot air balloon sometimes yeah. or like in weird places this time he is watching uh, a, a screen out of a robot replica of himself mm. that our main character rips a leg off and attaches to a leg yeah, I didn't necessarily love this Casey character at the beginning, but I'm starting to really, really enjoy her. So it's like that she's been created by Danny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who is like the? Who Danny is. Well, he was a street in the. Um, yeah. In, uh, in Grant Morrison's. God, uh, I need to yeah, that I know. there's series. so many, so many series we need to finish. They reference... Instead, we keep reading seventy books a week that come <laughs> out new. They reference Crazy Jane. Yep. In this as well, which was quite good fun. Which was when Danny was just a brick, and he and Jane uh, traveled the stars. Yeah. Uh, Nick Darrington art, uh, Nick Darrington on art is spectacular. So good, the colors um, are so good. So and the color, yeah, Tamara's colors are awesome Man, too. And these books have some of the funnest like backup material of all time. So do you know Brandon Bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love I, Brandon. Bird. I've got a, I've got a Brandon Bird print on my wall at home called yeah. Nobody Wants to Play Sega Master System with Harrison Ford, <laughs> and it is it's him watching two kids play play like Nintendo. And holding a master system, looking sad. That's awesome. It's the best. <laughs> and um, he does lots of like Nick Cage yeah, coloring books and I, stuff yeah, like I, that. I've, I've bought all, and I've got. Yeah, he's got. He's got a really great book out actually. If you like funny, you know, cartoons of 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 famous people doing weird things. Yeah, look up pop Brandon Bird. Stuff. I, think just, I think it's just brandonbird.com. So he, they've brought him in to do backups, and it's Bane's coloring corner. <laughs> and, My uh, favorite one is Bane in like full old school lucha libre. Um, gear and a chef's hat saying Molto Bane and he's <laughs> flipping a pizza. 
That's real Pizza good stuff. Pizza base. That's really good. I love that. And uh, the last one is follow your dreams and they can take you to the stars. And it's him in a space <laughs> space suit on in in space, like like real old school space. Yeah. And they, and the NASA logo says Bane. It's very funny. It's great stuff. It's excellent, guys. Um, I hope they they collect all of this weird backup material somewhere because there's there's so much good stuff. Yeah, totally. To Probably the best thing about these young animal comics. Hmm. I don't know about that. The actual comics pretty good. Yeah, they're fine. Uh, finally, I checked back in on Future Quest because a lot of people from our group have been saying how good it is. And you can pressure a, us into reading stuff. Exactly. Guys. All you need to do is just like plead with me, and I'll I'll, re- I'll read your book again. Um, look, I, I will I will definitely say that it is a better comic book now that it is a full story in one each issue instead of being like a weird anthology, which mm. is what it became. Uh, but uh, I, because I have not re- been reading the last few issues, I have no idea who the fuck anyone is and what they're doing. So I thought, yeah, I will admit it is a profoundly better comic than it was around issue three and four when I dropped off. Uh, so you win this round, lit dear listener. Uh, and you can pressure us into reading any comic book you like by joining our group, which I said earlier, facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. Siobhan, are you ready to be really sad and cry uh, a lot? Yes. And also, Lynn, you better leave the room really quickly. <laughs> Lynn, I've just, I just discovered, is that when we're recording back here, if we mention anything that she hasn't finished yet, like, for example, Saga, she reads in trade, she just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. She just runs out. Uh, so we're going to re- review uh, Saga Chapter 42 without spoilers. I feel <sighs> like as best we can. Yeah. Um, so this is the final uh, final of this of this little volume it was called the war on fang mm-hmm. uh they're, they're like on a on an asteroid and um lo- lo- it's like kind of like the meeting place of the moonies and the other guys where they've been fighting um and our heroes have been stationed here for a while prince robot's gone insane lost his mind and tries to attack everybody and mm-hmm. he's been tied up and uh the weird uh, meerkat people um they're all going to escape together but meerkat people don't want to there's all kinds of crazy stuff happens one complaint i will have of this issue is that a lot, some characters, like they're balancing a lot of threads here. Yeah. And they actually introduced some brand new characters that we've never seen before. Yeah. I don't think that was the time or place to do that. Um, just because it was just like, wait, who's that? Oh, no, something really actually important is happening on the next page. Who cares about those weird characters that we see for one mo- moment? Will we see them again? I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's fucking saga. Yeah. The complaints are minimal. Um, this, this is a really heartbreaking issue. Like, saga, like, Brian K. Vaughan is, like the guy who will make you love something and then destroy it in like a horrible, horrible way and make you have terrible feelings. And this is definitely one of those saga issues. Yeah, and it's a casualty that you don't really see coming. And in a way, it's more tragic than anyone that you could. Mm. Um, And I'm not going to spoil that. um, But, you know, the the book doesn't end very positively. Uh, In in a way, they get away from the situation they're trying to get away from, but there are casualties. And... Last issue in in the, in in the great saga letters section, he mentioned that there's not going to be a letters section in this issue, and I was like, I wonder why. And that's because the terrible thing happens in this book, and then the last five pages are just complete black pages, yeah, just darkness. It's not. It's it's like eight pages, yeah, eight pages of just black to kind of I guess have you really reflect on the horrible thing that you just saw happening yeah. in the comic book. And and it really works. It really sinks in in like a really horrible, devastating way. Yeah. Um, tough yeah. issue, guys. Real, like, really so really tough issue. And I'm, you know, it must be tougher for some some people to read this issue as well. Uh, and, my, and, and my heart goes out to them, but you gotta, yeah. you got to read tough things sometimes, I guess. Absolutely. Um, it's important too. And it's not like it's not, it's not handled in a disrespectful or bad way. It's, you know, no. it's, it's done beautifully like everything in, in this book. Um, and it's you know it's awful and traumatic and uh, 
when it comes back in in uh, April, I'm not sure if we're going to see a little time jump or we're going to see the other characters dealing with what just happened in real time. But either way, I'm on board for the Absolutely. rest of this series yeah. for the rest of just my life. Forever. Uh, another image book I read this week was Reborn, Issue 4 what? by Mark Millar and Greg Capullo. Still reading this, everybody. Your Why am I reading this? This book sucks. Biggest disappointment of the year so far, I think. Um, just because they are two creators that are capable of doing great stuff. And um, look, Greg Capullo is doing great stuff. Yeah. But the story is so stupid and it just gets stupider and stupider. Um, so that's my review. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are people out there that um, that are loving every moment of this book. Um, to which I say... It's time to grow up, 14-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Take down your Deadpool boy posters for one moment and uh, read more books that are better than this one. You don't have to read bad things, guys. We no, do. no, people, people. I'm sure this is, like uh, this definitely appeals to some people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sure you know, it, 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 but it definitely it harkens back to a Mark Millar that I thought wasn't here anymore. Mm. And uh, you know, we had oh, we he's had them always there. I know we had the Malarasons the though. And he wrote some great books. Yeah, he's totally capable. He's totally Every capable time. of writing Starlight, great books. Starlight, but Starlight, Jupiter's Legacy, like his original Adventures of Superman stuff. Oh, but I mean, even, like more recently, he was on yeah. that on that on it. Even even Huck, you know, like. A lot of those books, MPH, they were they were all like pretty good books, and they didn't have that like you know, kind of gross overtone of like yeah. you know like like dumb teenage boy kind of shit going on. But this kind of brought it all back. Blah blah blah. Who cares? Let's talk about Dark Horse. Dark Horse had yes, an please. exceptional week this week. Um, if you would discount the Slayer comic that I uh, that I reviewed with Meso in the last episode, and I do, <laughs> didn't even exist in the Shavonaverse. Um, but uh, I don't know, how are we going to kick this up? I've got five comics that I would... We, we, uh, uh, lately, I've been taking a photo of uh, my favorite books of the week and putting them mm. on, our, on our social media accounts, on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, and like, I'd be hard-pressed to take one or two of these out. Like, honestly, like, I could make a top five and they would all be Dark Horse books. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we could talk about Depth, Aliens Defiance, Dead Inside, Briggs Land, and Ether. Start with Ether because it's top of the pile. Matt Kent, David Rubin on oh, Ether. Oh, I love David Rubin yeah, so, so much. much. Um, brilliant art, brilliant colors. Who does colors on this book? I think he does it himself. Yeah, art. He art. covers covers him and does the lettering. Yeah, and uh, this is edited by Daniel Chabon as well, which is cool. Oh, cool. Um, I love this book a lot. Um, I, it's a like a kooky kind of magic versus science in a in a magical realm mm. book. Um, featuring a, a more hero. like magic is science. That's kind true. Of. Like it's him. It's it's this adventurer who, in our sort of plane of existence, is like a bit of a hobo. Um, in this land, he he interprets everything that goes on in these kind of crazy, like fairy communities, and a scientific way, which is quite sort of compelling and interesting. Yeah, but he wasn't always a hobo in our world. And no, we, and we see little like tragic flashbacks to him choosing this life of of, of delving into the ether, and uh, as he goes deeper and deeper into it, you can tell he he you know pushes the rest of his real life away. And I love I love because the you know we pick up. Quite late into his experiences in the ether, he's been coming here for years and years and has had many experiences. And it's fun when you get glimpses at all of the things that he's like totally ruined in this world and like made terrible mistakes. And like in the fairy realm, he's like, no, we're cool now. But there's all the list of all the horrible atrocities that were slightly caused by him. (laughs) And he's not a friend of the fairies. And just like, like, this is so creative. Like, this is such an expansive universe. And there's so much that they seem to be doing. And like, even just like, the character of the fairy who they've introduced who doesn't like to fly because she gets motion sickness. Like, that's so yep. simple and so clever awesome. and funny, and I love it. 
Um, so yeah, Matt Kent is doing great stuff on this book, as is David Rubin. But Matt Kent is also doing great stuff on depth that he he he, um, he writes and, and draws. And then uh, his uh, wife Charlene Kent does watercolors. I paused on this just because I'd missed too many issues. Man, this don't issue. To, you know how it's up. like some 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 stories will kind of delve into the backstories of their characters, and you're like, oh, kind of get back to the main plot mm. and push things along. Because this is like a, this is a murder mystery set in the depth of, of of the sea, in like a Wes Anderson-esque kind of like scientific community gone wrong. Mm. Um, <clears throat> when they delve, like basically everyone's a suspect. She's it's it's our main character is uh, investigating the murder of her father who died like in in a lab under the sea. And everyone who was down there on the lab with him is a suspect. And in by delving into the backstory, you either like remove them as a suspect or you, you know, have more reason to suspect that they were the ones who did it. And you learn about all their relationships with everyone and and, and why they're doing what they're what, what they're doing. Like not much time has unfolded. You know, how many issues are we in on this? Well, this is the uh, the 10th issue and not much real time is info- unfolded, but because we keep going back and forth and learning more about our stories, it's just, it's a really, really great, rich story. Mm. Um, and I just, I think this is, this is a, like, you know, something that could only exist within comics and they're my favorite kind of comics. I mean, Heath is the same. Same. Um, Matt Kent is a, is, is a, one of the best writers working in comics right now. And I love how much of his time he spends writing original stuff. Absolutely. His own creations. Um, you know, to have Ether and Depth come out the same week is, is a real treat. Absolutely. And uh, he's just, he's a very clever writer. Like he's incredible at building a really fleshed out world, which is um, something that's like a joy to read in comics, as well as writing stuff that is, you know, heavily plot driven and clever. And there's many you know, many plot things going on. And yeah. like, you know, like he's just, he's got a lot going on and he seems to do it so effortlessly and so brilliantly across a number of titles that it's just. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's always good at grounding these super high concepts so they yeah. don't lose scope or like, you know, his humor is never too wacky. It's mm-hmm. always like relies, you know, relies on his artists to tell the humor visually instead of it being quippy and goofy all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. These are both, Two of my favorite books going on right now. Yeah, and uh, I'm definitely putting these in my favorite books of the week. Um, Briggsland right now, um, another writer who's doing pretty consistent work in uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Wood, uh, working with Mac Chater. Um, this, of course, is the, is the story about the um, family who live um, in, a, in like a, a, a community of like an anti-government community that's not officially not part of the USA. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so like secessionists, I guess. Yeah. And uh, the, the mother of the family uh, takes control of the community. While um, the father is in prison. That's right. And uh, her, her she has to basically kind of like win over her sons and balance all of the problems within her community. Because it is like, the, it is a far right community of borderline to out, out, racist Nazis yep. who would not necessarily readily accept a female leader. Of one, of, one of her sons has, has a swastika tattoo. Yes. So is straight up a Nazi. Um, and uh, all the while she's balancing that, she's also got um, FBI agents willing to work with her mm. to uh, bring certain parts of her community down. But it's very interesting because you sort of assumed that she was on the side of the angels and she was trying to work to bring those unsavory elements out of the community. But now she seems a little more compromised and you're not quite sure. 
you're not quite sure what she, like what she's doing yeah. or where she's coming from or what her goals are. Have they announced the cast for this show yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. I just I cannot not see Julianne Moore in like, this role. If like, she's like if they can't afford her, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's totally. a crying shame because it's clearly an inspiration for the way that she's um the character's drawn and I think it would be like insanely perfect. Even casting. her like mannerisms within this book as well, you know, that that's how that's how what a great job Mac Chater does. Yeah. Also, you know, the Brian Woods writing it. It feels like something you can imagine Julianne Moore delivering to. Totally. Um, so this story itself was, you know, like quite small in scope compared to some of the more action-based um, or violence-based mm. issues of, that we've seen uh, prior to this, but um, pushes the story in in several new directions. And it's just a it's it's a real treat. This book, absolutely. Yeah. Hard. It's a hard read in places, but it's um rewarding. And yeah. the uh, covers by Tula Tole are. Exception. Really good. I would, I would Lote, this, sorry. This is a good companion piece to Southern Bastards, Briggsland. Yeah. If you're absolutely. not reading Southern Bastards, if you're not reading, if you are reading Southern Bastards and not Briggsland or, or, or vice versa, you should consider picking them up. Guys, read Southern Bastards. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Dead Inside? Or, no, we're talking about Brian Wood right now. So, how about yeah. another Brian Wood book? Aliens Defiance, issue nine. Uh, one bad thing I want to say about this is where's Tristan Jones? Why isn't he doing art on this? I guess because. Uh, it takes a long while to draw a book. I answer yeah. my own question. Great, there you There's go. <laughs> Fill in on this one. Tony Brissini does a fine job uh, emulating uh, Tristan Jones' art and bringing his own kind of style to that. Um, this is an incredible story set before the um, events of the first Alien movie uh, in which a um, uh, an injured um, uh, army lady... <laughs> I was like doing such Former a good Marine. job and my brain broke. Former mar- Marine... Uh, faces off against uh, a bunch of aliens like that haven't been discovered by the world yet, mm. um, and it's like it's it's her, a doctor, and a um, a cyborg, increasingly sentient. That's cyborg. right. Who's like doing experiments on himself to make himself more human um, against so, all these aliens. As as in like every single alien story, the government are trying to get a sample of the alien back to Earth for some crazy reason, and they, the people on the ship know that that is a bonkers idea and that you definitely shouldn't do that. So it's them still trying to get back to Earth while making sure that no alien specimens have survived. Yep, and it means them, unfortunately, having to go up against Marines, mm-hmm. uh, fellow Marines, and I'm not sure who, who, the, who we see them go up against. I don't know if they're Marines or they're some kind of like space pirates or something like that. Mm. They are wearing like Balaclavas. Balaclavas and, and, and kind of vests. which Space is, is very cold. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, this book is so good. But they sick an alien on them. Yeah. Sick. Which is really cool. It's just, I don't know, like, Aliens to me is like, I like Alien, I like Aliens, and I like, I kind of like the third movie. I don't like anything beyond that. I didn't like um, the prequel movie, whatever the hell it was Prometheus. called. Prometheus. I don't, I, I've not read an Aliens comic that I've enjoyed, mm. um, unless it was like one of the goofier ones that cross over with other franchises, like that Alien versus Predator versus... Uh, Doctor, sorry, uh, Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd, that was fun. That was really fun. But this, for me, is just like this is like the kind of space story that just appeals to me on every level. Totally, it feels it fits in really well with the Alien movies, um, it, like tonally, mm-hmm. and it looks right, and it feels right, and it's um, still manages to be compelling. We can't be far from the end of this story. I'm sure. Is it, I'm not sure if the first trade is out yet of this, but uh, it mm-hmm. can't be far off if it isn't. I, if you are a fan of the Aliens franchise or just a fan of great. Uh, Great space comics, and also like marine comics as mm. well. Like this is just it just hits, it ticks all the boxes, and it, it, it was one of my favorite comics of last year, and will continue to be this year too. Absolutely. Uh, finally, from Dark Horse, Dead Inside issue two by John Arcudi with uh, Tony Fazula and Andre May. Um, this is the story about a lovely lady 
who was uh, forced to do be a detective who works within the prison system, mm-hmm. and uh, she discovers uh, two murders within the prison system, and uh, they write it off as like a you know murder suicide, um, but she knows that something is amok, and uh, it's up to her to prove all of her crackpot theories to a uh, untrusting board of uh, police. Yeah. Can I kill it? Yeah, nice. Okay, out of the park. No. Um, the art is unlike anything else you'll see un- yeah. uh, in any book that isn't published by Dark Horse. Yes. Like it's just a p- p- bang on Dark Horse style, um, you know, dark crime. You see some grisly stuff, but it's kind of like the more grisly, the more appealing it is because it's yeah. drawn in this weird, you know, beautiful way. Um, and, and the story is like super compelling. I don't think I've read a crime comic that is like, set within a prison like this and that's extremely compelling um john Arcudi has written a like very interesting female lead who is not you know like i think it's easy to fall into that like uh, hard drinking hard smoking tough girl totally and she, she fits some of that but she's more nuanced than that and she's well they're only they're only paint the drinking part of it as, as a flaw it's just part it's just part of the job yeah you know exactly what I mean? like yeah. i think that's important um but uh yeah i, I this is, uh, you know, it, it's it's it hasn't kind of revealed any too anything too shocking yet. But it, it, you know, th- there's enough here to hold you, like you know, wondering what the heck's going to happen in, until the next issue comes. And the out. last page is like, this is a great book for a like really compelling cliffhanger. Yeah. So the last page of this was totally shocking to me and made me go like, I'm pretty sure in the same way that the last issue did, I went, ooh, and um, got very excited for next month's issue. So I'm Also, keen. you learn a thing or two about forensics. Yeah. Who knew so much? Not uh, me. About bullets and, and, and bodies together. Mm, they, don't, they don't mesh well. Guys. Uh, over to Valiant right now. Um, Dark Horse. Great week for Dark Horse. Great week for Dark Horse. I love, I love the Dark Horse is like back. You know, there were a couple of years there where there wasn't that much coming out through Dark Horse other than like the Hellboy stuff that and was Star very Wars. good. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like we're getting really interesting, cool stuff coming through. Yeah, agrees. Definitely. And it still feels like a, it's a book that would only exist at Dark Horse. It doesn't Absolutely. feel like an image book that Dark Horse is putting out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so over at Valiant right now, we've got this, the uh, Stalinverse, uh, revisiting the Stalinverse, uh, Divinity 3, issue number two, um, written by Matt Kent again. He's back, baby. A very good week for Matt Kent. Really great week. Um, With pencils by Trevor Hairsin, which I I really like. Yeah, definitely. Um, So basically, uh, a a Russian... A Russian superhero with immeasurable uh, cosmic power has rewritten history so that uh, Russian is the main power in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, they also have all of the valiant superheroes on their side. So we see like a... uh, uh, Russian versions of uh, Bloodshot and... Um, Ninjak, although Ninjak is... Ninjak is on the team of the Angels, mate. Absolutely. Uh, but Exo Manowar isn't, and uh, a couple other ones aren't. Uh, it's, and also Ray, is Ray in this one as well, who that, that dude was? Oh, I don't know, sorry. Um, I don't think he shows up in this issue. Anyway. He does. Oh, does he? Well, what, what do I know? Asian dude with facial hair, huh. um, talk, oh, talking right, about right. the way things used to be. I yep. just assumed that was him. Um, I could be wrong. I'm not too familiar with the Valiant universe, but um, there is a, there's enough here for me to be like, oh, that's that's Bloodshot, cool, mm, absolutely. Um, and it helps that the story is so good. Um, the first issue didn't didn't grab me straight away, but this will definitely pull me right in. Totally, because we now are finding out what happened to the third um, cosmonaut that um, was left in space with the original two divinities, and it's a not what I was expecting, and a pretty like shocking 
a bit of a shocking ending. I'm I'm very into it, and I also love like they are what terraforming Mars, yeah, <laughs> um, which is pretty pretty good fun. And you see the team that is up there doing that is called Red Brigade, and it's made up of Baba Yaga, Mishka, who's the the second divinity, um, and a bunch of other sort of hilarious Russian Russian lady um, heroes. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I also love that Putin is a character in this book. I love any comic where Putin's a character. It's brilliant. <laughs> and uh, to like uh, the original Divinity superhero is uh, in a mental asylum, mm-hmm. um, and to try and break him out of his like you know he's he's almost comatose in there. Um, well, yeah. no, he's not comatose. He's just like he doesn't know who he he's is. He's been brainwashed. And uh, so they're sneaking in like coloring books that kind of teach him uh, the history of of the way the Earth should be, not mm. the version of the Earth that he's become accustomed to. It's really great. Yeah. Such a clever, like, such a clever, fun, um, uh, like, you know, superhero event. It yeah. doesn't feel like a superhero event that is just there to figure something out in the universe or to simplify things. It's something that's just a good story. Yeah, and an, and an amazing concept. Yep, absolutely. Um, also from Valiant this week, I read Savage number three. Did you read this Ooh, one? Oh, I love this comic. Yeah, me too. It's How a, good is it? Uh, written by B. Claymore with art by Clayton Heron, Henry Lewis LaRosa and Brian Raber. Uh, issue three, um, we have... Our our family um, that kind of uh, their, their plane crashes and uh, it's a it's a, a couple and, and, a, and a young boy um, and uh, the, the plane crashes and um, they're basically stuck on this mysterious island mm-hmm. and, and the uh, father dies pretty pretty instantly and we know that uh, that the, the, the boy is on his own at some point but at some point in this story and so this book uh, ends with him on his own. Um, but not not alone on the island and mm. uh, going up against uh, both uh, dinosaurs and like... Uh, Some scary men. Yeah, that's right. What I love about this book is that it has um, uh, different art for present day and flashbacks. Yeah. And they're both, like, they're quite different. Like the flashbacks are quite clean. And then as the boy becomes more savage, mm. the artwork becomes so, so messy. Um, yeah, this is a really cool book. Really grim and gritty. And there's, yeah, it's so interesting because they, they obviously arrived on this bizarre sort of Savage Land-esque island through a portal and then these sort of scary men seem to have access to a portal but don't seem to be able to get home through it but more people are arriving through it all the time. At one point a guy just kind of rides a motorbike through the portal and then crashes on the ground and they eat him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a hectic book but um, I love it. It's yeah. like almost sort of... Like, the boy is kind of almost commandy esque you know, um, but, like, scarier. Like, the, those two panels are so good. As Which a, two panels should well, we? Sorry, sorry. I forgot you guys can't see me. Um, the panel, like, where he's watching um, the young savage boy is watching the men as, as they tear apart this motorbike rider. And he looks, there's a panel of close-up of his face, and then a next panel is his face and he's sort of grimacing and gritting his teeth and it's so like so emotive and so brilliant. I loved yeah, it. Definitely. I love this the book. rage within the Savage Boys are all great. So yeah, Savage great. Valiant, great. Every time I appear in there. I mean no, actually no, yeah, half half. There are books that are for me and then books that are not for me at all. But absolutely all publishers Sounds do. Like most things. Um so I got, a, I got a handful of books left. I want to talk about um, Space Battle Lunchtime. It came out through um, Oni Press. I've, I've, I've been speaking about this since it started. Mm-hmm. Eight issue, and this was the final issue, written by, uh, written and drawn by Natalie Rios. Um, it was basically a um, an Iron Chef in space, mm-hmm. uh, in which a cupcake cook 
uh, is transported to space and forced to battle in a reality TV show against a bunch of aliens who are diabolical and try and sabotage her plans. It's beautiful, it's sweet, and uh, it wrapped up in a really, really lovely way. Um, I would recommend this book to readers of all ages. Um, I would get it for your kids, I would get it for your parents, and I'd get it for yourself. And I'm very, very excited to see what Natalie Rios does next. Um, in fact, I would follow her online because she puts up great sketches a lot, and uh, she's definitely going to do something really cool next. So uh, get on board now, everybody. Mm. Space Battle Lunchtime. Um, and hopefully the trailer will be out soon so Siobhan can read it. Yes, absolutely. Great, great book. Um, so over from Oni Press to Boom. Um, you didn't read any of these ones. No. Nah. What have you got? Well, we've got totally, totally okay, opposite so things. Shall I, shall I read one of mine? Let's hear your voice All for right. a while. Um, I like, I like the difference between our two piles. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, you going to say between our two voices. And I'm like, that's right, Siobhan. They are different. <laughs> um, so I read issue five of Hillbilly, the midnight devilment of Tealipo, um, which is Eric Powell's creation, Hillbilly. Um, and this has two stories in it, one written and drawn by Eric Powell and another written by Eric Powell with art by Steve Mannion. This is like, um, I sort of, I love this, I love this character of Hillbilly. He's sort of this, seems like he's going to be scary because he's this big old dude with an axe and a he big beard and a top hat and he lives in the woods. But he's actually like this kind of, gruff gentle giant who rescues people from magical magical problems and this is kind of has like that sort of grim fairy tales-esque thing where everything kind of exists in this slightly magical weird world um and so in this it's all about this evil little dude called the taily who gets if you eat his tail and stuff it's just it's good it's a really good book i would recommend to anyone who likes that sort of it, like i i, I hesitate to say twisted fairy tale because I think that means something very different in the comics um, universe but in the sort of more traditional grim fairy tales sense yeah definitely not xenoscope grim fairy tales Um, yeah cool yeah I like it Um, I I, I don't know why I dropped it I just did there's a lot to read this week yeah Oh, no, I mentioned it a couple of months ago. I'm a few oh. futures behind. Yeah, weird. Um, you got some image books. Yeah. We had the image segment already. Why don't you bring them up? I don't know. Unprofessional. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I also read Arclight, um, issue four of Arclight. This is the Brandon Graham, Marion Churchland book, which has been like fairly delayed because originally it was part of this eight house thing that they were doing and that kind of slightly fell apart and now they're just doing it as its own series. Um there's been a long time between issues, so it's a bit hard to understand what's going on. And it'll be one of those books that is really, um, really brilliant to read in trade. But man, this is such a beautiful book. Like just that first page with its like watercolor painted um, landscape, just like made me emotional. This is like Marion Churchland is just one of the most brilliant artists working in comics. And she and Brandon Graham have a really great working relationship. And this is an incredibly clever sci-fi fantasy weird book if you like sort of like it's about knights and people turning into tree monsters and sort of gender bent um princes and princesses and blood magic and yeah i love this i love this so much it's hard to explain what's going on and it will be one that's really really great in trade but overall i love this book and it's such like it feels it's one of those books that feels like art you know like it really sure. feels like something different and special and i love it fantastic and uh speaking of brandon graham 
I also read um, this month's issue of Ireland, which... Number um, 14. Issue 14, which had some really cool stuff and it had um, part four of the Pop Gun War chain letter story that's been going on. Something I, called- I can't believe it. Like, Farrell Dalrymple used to put that out himself. It's so cool that I didn't realize that was in, being published inside Ireland. Yeah, now. yeah. It's been published inside Ireland for a while now. And I, I hope that it's... Because one thing that I really like is that they've been taking some of the um, really interesting stories from... Um, from Ireland and then printing them um, in trade. They did that with Malachi Ward's um, Matt Sheehan's Ancestor and a couple of other books that have been really, really brilliant. The other, the other Eight House book, I think, as well, which I can't remember. Mirror, I think mm-hmm. it was called. Um, and I've loved both of those. So I hope that the um, I just kind of assume that the Pop Gun War stuff will be reprinted as well. well they, yeah, I, I know that there are. You've got the earlier Pop Gun War trades on the shelves at Kings right now. Yeah, so absolutely. They're to, super worth tracking down. Yeah, and um, giving a look to. And this is also just full of, like, it's classic island stuff. It's a really mixed bag um, of what you're going to get, like from you know a really sort of kind of sweet anthropomorphic um, slice of life comic almost about sort of, you know, people transitioning and people who have um, sex workers and stuff like that, but all like very, it's called The Pervert, but it's the it's the least pervy comic of all time. <laughs> and then it switches over to this crazy thing that looks like it wouldn't be out of, um, out of place in 2000 AD, this sort of crime of iron, insane, I don't even know what, you would call this but like everything in ireland is even if it's not 100 percent your cup of tea you're going to find something in there that speaks to you um i, I, I would say just flicking through this issue in particular is a great starting point for ireland because there's no besides the feral Dalrymple, which i think is more of a you don't really need to read all of those to kind of get where the story is going with Pop i Gun mean War, right? probably even at, like even if you have read it you're going to have a hard time knowing where the story is going it's like it's a fairly insane story that's not super linear so sure. you can kind of just dip in and out and but yeah th- th- this this one has very few like kind of jagged edges of stories it's just like lots of lots of uh you know one shots and yeah well and i think strips i think what they try to do with island is that they have like some things that are continuing but every issue that you pick up will have the first part of something or something yeah. standalone um and yeah it's it's brilliant it's so, so good. good awesome um, so from Image to Boom, finally, the last two comics I'm going to talk about, a uh, comic that I know Siobhan dropped. I did. Skyborn by Frank Cho. I thought I thought the uh, the, the your love of uh, chunky Frank Frank Cho dudes would keep you... Uh, <laughs> I nearly did. I nearly chunky, did pick it Frank up. Frank Chodes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this is like a real stupid story that like it was dumb when it started, but I found it somewhat charming. And now it's, it's just, it's so boring and dirty and there's dragons in it and... Yeah, it's <laughs> if you like Frank, if you love Frank Cho, you'll probably love this. I, I don't like you know. I, I I have time for his art when he's drawing stuff. I'm interested in reading, but this is not one of those things. Yeah, totally. But he does draw. He likes drawing sexy ladies, monkeys, and dragons. So it's always exciting. When yeah, he that's right. He does draw nice dragons. Um, yeah, this, is a, this issue like I, I, it is one of those ones that you read in like two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and it's done. Um, nice. So that that's great. Um, only, only two more issues of Skyborn left. Should I keep reading, Siobhan? Give everyone the wrap of Skyborn they deserve when it finishes? No. Okay, there you go. Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> um, I also read issue six, uh, the third last issue of Backstages by James Tinney and the Fourth and Ryan Sai uh, with Walter Bayamonte. Um, we don't talk about this comic enough. Yeah. Did you stop reading it or? Yeah, I just don't read that many all ages comics these days. Right, sure. Um, so this is, yeah, this is a really great uh, tween aimed uh, 
book about uh, a bunch of uh, it's like extremely queer um, and colorful and, and fun. Queer and-, and aimed at boys, which I don't think we get that much in all ages comics. There's plenty of stuff like not plenty, but there's you know there's lumberjanes and there's other um, all ages titles which are aimed at a less traditional female um, yep. audience. But with boys comics, you still totally get that like ultra macho kind or of like stuff. Or like just even just like, you know, like, you know, he, he's not macho, but he's still pointing after a girl. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, except for stuff like, I guess, Steven Universe and that sort of thing, which has, I think, is the same art team. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it looks quite I actually similar. don't know, but yeah. it just looks very Steven Universe. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, about a bunch of uh, young young dudes working backstage at their school in the, uh, the theatre department. Um, and backstage has like a whole bunch of crazy cookie monsters and weird time paradoxes and all kinds of magical shit in, in it. And uh, this is like the most magical of them all. All at one point, all of the characters get transformed into various things that you need to use backstage at the theater. So like lights and <laughs> drills and sewing machines. And um, it's just yeah, there's lots of crazy high concepts um, on like everyone kind of learning their role within the backstage thing and. Um, also while having to kind of deal with the real problems that they're facing outside of backstage. Um, this is a really cool series. Mm. I actually thought this was like going to be one of those books that just kind of like, like Lumberjanes just kind of like trug, trugs on forever. Mm. Um, which is not, that's not a slide on Lumberjanes. I'm just saying like, no. you know, like the, there'll be Lumberjane stories forever, mm. but, uh, this is, this is only going to be an eight, an eight, eight issue, uh, run. Oh. Um, but I, I don't know, I feel like there's enough going on with these characters that I'd be very surprised if they didn't either have a continued comic or even like a like a TV show or something like that off the back of this. Mm. Um, it's great stuff. Absolutely. Um, James Dean the Fourth is really, really good. He is such a good writer, guys. He's writing so much really, really compelling stuff at the moment. He's my favourite of the Scott Snyder protégés. Ooh. Who's <laughs> in that school? Him, Marguerite Bennett? Yeah. Who else? Um, uh, who's another person that was writing uh, Batman-related stuff? Is Tim Seeley? No, I think I Tim Seeley's been in the industry for okay. too long. No, no, Tim Seeley, his first book at DC was Gates of Gotham with Scott Snyder. True. I totally count him in this group. Well, but he was writing Hackslash for years. Yeah, okay, all right. He's a vet. Okay. Um, was that was it Tim Seeley who did Gates of Gotham? I think it might have been James Seeley in the whole. No. Jim, who did Gates of Gotham? I, I love ending the episode on... Yeah, it was Snyder and... Someone else. Someone else. Co- it wasn't Tim Seeley. My bad. It's Carl Higgins. Carl oh, Higgins is Carl a Higgins. I like Carl Higgins Yeah, as well. yeah, Carl Higgins. But James, yeah, it's cool. All right. Sorry, Tim Seeley. You are a man of many talents and you brought your yourself into this game. <laughs> <laughs> no one helped you. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and apologies to all of the other Scott Snyder protégés who we either forgot or said James Seeley <laughs> the fourth was better. In, in the end... All writers have won. We're all winners. <laughs> You're all better than us. <laughs> the winners are stories. Thank you so much. Wait, hang on. I read one more thing this week. Really? I did. Um, somehow in all of Thank the- you so much for reading one more thing this week. <laughs> uh, somehow, despite reading like, what, 50 plus singles, I also found time to read the first two volumes of March, John Lewis's um, memoirs, which have been turned into um, brilliant, brilliant graphic novels by Andrew Aiden and Nate Powell. Um I don't think anyone needs like this is a pretty popular these are pretty popular books. I don't think Rightfully anyone so as well. really needs me to tell you um why you should read them, but if you haven't, you really, really should read these. These are unbelievably brilliant comics. Um the way the, the state of the world right now makes this simultaneously like a comforting and absolutely heartbreaking read. I 
am woefully ignorant about the civil rights movement. So this has um, been really eye-opening in an incredibly, incredibly sad way. Um, and Nate Powell does such a brilliant job of conveying how distressing the events of this were um, in a very, very, like, simple, clever, non-sensationalist way. And... Um, yeah, if you haven't read these, please, please track them down because they're totally brilliant books. Yeah, I've got, they're, they're two books that sit on my shelf that I've not read. I just know I know I'm going to love them when I read them, and yeah. I just haven't done that yet. They're so worthwhile. They will make you sad. They will make you very sad. Um, I moved rooms around the other day, um, uh, and uh, in doing that, I had to move some bookshelves around, and I worked out that I have an entire bookshelf worth of books that I've not read yet. Oh my god! Yeah, man. <laughs> I have to move soon and um, because my boyfriend and I met in a comic book store, we both have an insane amount of comics and trades that we're like, we need to sell some of these. It's going to be such a difficult Maybe process. we should do like a uh, Serious Issues market night. Yeah, like, uh, market <laughs> yeah totally. Just, just uh, you know, come meet us in the park and we'll just have our short boxes <laughs> out and you can uh, just buy buy runs that we're going to lie to you and say are great, but really we want to rid them. It's actually brother. like, <laughs> it's actually a heartbreaking process because I haven't bought anything that I didn't love in oh, trade. Wow. So yeah, sure. like... It's a bunch of stuff that I'm like, I, I really enjoyed this, but I'm not going to read it Haven't again. Haven't you got probably. a parent's house that you can just cram boxes Look, into? Look, there's too many <laughs> mad magazines there already. <laughs> uh, so those are our reviews for the week. Um, definitely go and check out all those books. And make sure you follow us on uh, twitter.com slash at serious... Fuck that up. <laughs> at serious underscore underscore issues is our Twitter account. Uh, and facebook.com slash serious issues podcast if you are keen to see uh, which of the six make the cut for our best books of the week. Um, it's one of those things we can't do it live on the show. We've got to, no. we got to look at the big pile of books and think about it. make the call. Um, so go see those there. Um, Siobhan, there's some lots of books coming out next week, but a lot less than what came out this week. Mm. So that's good. That is I nice. mean, last week, I mean. It's, it's, it's less is what I'm saying. Um, and uh, here are some books that I think you should check out or are notable. Um, Bullseye, number one. Um, yep. he's got, Bullseye gets his own series for in the Daredevil universe. In fact, everyone from the Daredevil universe gets their own series this month. There's... Uh, Obviously, Daredevil. Um, <laughs> and then Bullseye, Kingpin, Electra. Where's Foggy's book? I'd read a Foggy book. I'd read a Foggy book too. Um, as long as it wasn't Foggy from the TV show. We also see the return of... Uh, oh, I hate that guy? Yeah. yeah he sucks. I like him. He's all right. Uh, he's like me. <laughs> 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 um, it's harsh. The return of Invincible. Um, Robert Kirkman's uh, really great book on image uh, issues at number 132 uh, there's only 11 issues of this long running series left and he's given himself a little break um, we, speaking of long breaks uh, we see Karnak issue 6 the final, final issue, issue Christ of, uh, finally of uh, Warren Ellis's Karnak that's not going to be in continuity anymore you don't think? Now no. It's been that long? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Who's going to be in it? He's War Machine. Stuck. He's currently Iron stuck Man. in like what limbo put there by Jean Grey like yeah ridiculous <laughs> um, Nova issue 3 um, Yay. our favourite Mar- new Marvel title um, issue 3 comes out uh, Green Lantern crosses over the planet of the apes across over Oof, the, I don't think finally. I want or need but, Jim, uh, is, Jim is cheering Jim is very stoked about it but also um, we see the return of Paper Girls Paper Girls Yay. come back too um, Star Wars has a new book Darth Maul number oh, 1 great I'm going to read that I think Darth Maul is like totally a, Un- untapped character absolutely and you can imagine it all in Peter Serafinowitz's voice that's it's right delightful <laughs> um, we've got the second trade of um, Sheriff of Babylon if you've Great. been reading that book in trade you can now finish that series so far also Pow, issue 5 Pow. of Shade the Changing Girl yep which is my fave of the Young Animals titles um, and uh, our new new game uh, Will This Image Title Sell Out 
uh, he had a new image book called Planetoid Praxis, which is the sequel to Planetoid from 2012. Well, I do not think that's going to sell out. No, me neither, but we're going to have to read it. Um, it's by Ken Garrig. I don't know who that is. Another book that I'm excited about is um, Vertical have done a new printing of Junji Ito's Dissolving Classroom. I ranted about his um, Tomi a couple of weeks ago, so I'm really, really keen to read more terrifying high school dramas. And because this is a slightly smaller week, I'm going to read that with you. Yay! That's going to be Make fun. Make Levins read more manga, 2017. <laughs> we, heard, we heard your outcry, <laughs> general public. It's going to happen. Uh, so those are the books we recommend this week. Uh, if you want to talk about those books and let us know which books we should be getting in your eyes mm. the best place to do that is to argue with us in our facebook group the serious issues uh, podcast group which is uh, facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast for those of you who have made it through this issue and the one before us uh congratulations you listened to more than three hours of me ranting about car- uh, comic books thanks Good so much siobhan for joining me this uh, in this episode and thanks especially to uh, nick mason from the weekly planet for joining us in the last episode yeah, uh thanks, welcome man. to all of the new listeners that we're probably going to get uh, <laughs> off the back of uh their incredibly popular podcast yeah thanks um, guys thank you again <laughs> and uh, and welcome um, I hope you uh, enjoy listening to comics books about as much as we like talking about them. Absolutely. Was that a sentence that works? I mean, almost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me online at LevDog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to argue with me personally. Hell, do it there. And uh, Siobhan can be found at Siobhan CBG. I'm not as active as Levin's is. <laughs> I'm too active. <laughs> you know, turn my phone off sometimes. You have two children. <laughs> <laughs> they, they actually one of them one of them handles my Instagram account. The other one handles my Twitter. Account. <laughs> that's the that's the true secret. That's why you have children, right? What are we calling this episode again? Um, I'm uh-huh. sad, Catholic, and ninjas hate me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the best named episode of Serious Issues so far, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365 day returns.